everything in terms of going back to politics, everything should be about quality of life. Mm. And I guess I got stuck on with with Trump. I just felt like there was just a general unease that may have been there in the past and wasn't so obvious because of the way the media were depicting it while Trump was there, but I just felt there was a general unease that didn't need to be there. <coughs> Mate, we are back. And you are listening to Australia's podcast, The 5-8 Take, Get It In Ya. How you guys been? You've been well since last week. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. We absolutely sent it. Sent it. Did we go to the moon? Oh, yeah. I mean, you had the official helmet right there. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while. I've been trying to come down from the moon. You know, sometimes when you live up there with creatures... It's hard to come back down and be with other creatures. Sometimes I think, where? There's craters up there. Saw a few uh, rocks. Great time. Today we have a special guest by the name of Sam Haft. He is an actor, writer and teacher, as well as a founder and director of the Sydney Actors Association. He is passionate about all things arts with a dash of science and a liberal sprinkling of common sense. These are his words. He likes travelling composing and playing music and is not necessarily a Biden supporter but believes anything other than Trump is at least a bonus. As you guys know, I am a Trump supporter. So this is an interesting chat and a great one because Sam is an absolute legend. Hope you guys enjoy. Without further ado, here's the episode. We've we've gone up in the studios. We got aircon now. Aircon. We've got like multiple chairs. We've nice. got. It's gonna get fucking cold in this bitch. Yeah, it is gonna get cold in here. Make peace with it, mate. You, you asked the London boy to come and do this interview, so <laughs> need it crisp and cold, it, mate. Yeah, I hear. I hear you. Out of London. Where, where's he going? I don't know. I think he got bored. Just a straight mid, like we just started, and then he's like, "All right, this is the time for to leave right now." <laughs> Like after we just yeah, click record and everything, yeah, he's off, he's off. this is the time. All right. <laughs> I might keep that in, eh? <laughs> now, do you do this in one one hit, like a full half hour, and then we break, or is because I'm going to be an idiot? I should probably film this. Up. Yeah, we. So yeah, we do. We uh, unless like if the, if you need to go to the toilet, you can go to the toilet or whatever. You want to fill that up? Yeah, just quickly, right. man. I just um. Yeah, just easy done. Bit. Easy done. Especially with me, little bit of a. See, it's in a fridge fridge door. All right, the sound, st- the timestamp <coughs> might be a little off. Yeah. All right. Easy. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. No, we back them up. Mm. So we, if we, yeah, if we have to do a lot of things. So I just had a comp. 
this weekend. So we to prepare for that, we had a lot of um, a lot of yeah issues happen personally mm-hmm. um, with the missus and that. So she was in hospital. People know. Um, so then. In cases like that, it's good to just back up the episodes mm-hmm. and just pile them up. But sometimes when things happen and you want to get things out straight away, mm. then it gets a little tougher yeah. and it's a little harder. Sure. But yeah, anyways, how you been, mate? I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right, good. doing all right. And uh, yeah, as I said, just won my fucking comp, mate. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm stoked about cool. that. I couldn't believe it. 16 men um, uh, had to do four fights. Mm-hmm. In an hour and, yeah, pulled through victorious somehow. Awesome. Somehow. somehow. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Came I have through. no idea. <laughs> but, yeah, Westford, what about you? How's your week been? Been pretty good, thank you, mate. Um, been busy working away. We've got this uh, play festival coming up at uh, SAA. This is not a plug. Um, and, <laughs> um, and, yeah, a lot of classes on this week and a few bits and pieces about to start working on a, an audio book that we're recording for... And Macmillan. So I'm keeping busy, mate. So I'm as tired as I look. <laughs> and we we met uh, at the Chookers podcast. That's right. So I was yeah. producing that and then mm. uh, you came on. So you help out a lot of actors. That's one of the, yeah, that's kind of one of the things I do. But yeah, it's, a, it's a, the, the, the school I run, Sydney Actors Association. So we sort of, yeah, we look after a lot of working actors. They come to class and then there's other things we do with them you know, in terms of helping out with voice reels and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, talking about voice rules, you have a voice, mate. Stop it. It is fucking mate, low, I, I sexy, and masculine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Trey Butch, mate. Um, yeah, and also as I was saying, to you guys before, tiny bit of a cold, so I don't normally sound quite as much like Barry White. Uh, I'll be doing a Morgan Freeman on the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the first time I met Diogo uh, Neil. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> and how did you get? How did you start the whole the school and everything? Like, how did how did it, all of that come about? Know, like, you're I, London originally. London. I was born at an early age. I met my mum when I was young. Um, yeah. No, I, <laughs> my folks were both. Well, they still are. They're both actors, and um, and so I sort of much to their um, not just they would they they never sort of pushed me into being an actor or anything, and I don't I don't think they were sort of. Too worried when I decided to go into it. They, I suppose, are we allowed to swear on here, by the way? Yeah, we are. Fucking oath, Fuck mate. Oath, mate. But I think they, I think they, we're <laughs> Australia's podcast, mate. mate. That's our tagline. We were talking about Carl Barron before, weren't we? When <laughs> yeah. People, when people in Australia get cold, they swear and get a thermometer. Get <laughs> fucked. How cold is it? Um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, my folks are both actors, and I sort of fell into it. And I think they went, "There goes the country house," and you know, "There goes the pension." Um, but then, yeah, so I, I ended up coming over here when I was about seventeen. And, uh, doing the whole drama school thing, studying at NIDA back in 1920. And um, and then, yeah, worked as an actor, still do, but worked as an actor for about 15 years to 20 years. And um, as I as I went, I found that I love teaching as well. And so some people, you know, they say, oh, an actor who's not working teaches, but I actually, I, I kind of, sometimes I turn down acting work because I love teaching so much. Mm. I ended up setting up my own school. Uh, which is about, you know, and when I say the word school, I mean, it's not a, it's, you know, or institution. I'm not mad about those kind of words. Yeah, you've, got yeah, to give yeah. it, you've got to give it a name. You've got to call yeah. it something. So, but really it's a bunch of working actors who all come together on uh, the, the classes that we work in. And um, and we work on scenes, we work on monologues. We keep match fit in front of the camera so that when those auditions come, you know, they're ready. When did you find your love for, like, film? I was lucky um, as a kid. My folks are real film buttons, so they used to, 
there was always something good on. I think my mum, she told me this, she was laughing at it, but we spoke about it a week or two ago. She said, she put me in front of a film called Midnight Cowboy when I was about eight, and she thought, oh, he'll love this. And then we realised it's quite a sort of, like it's quite a, a heavy kind of adult kind of film. Yeah, isn't that yeah. MA15? Is I think it was R-rated. <laughs> yeah, like that? yeah, yeah really? It was one of the first films that, yeah, and it was, you know, Academy Award nominated film, but it was the first kind of movie that was in that sort of territory <laughs> that really sort of broke some boundaries. And you were eight watching it. I think it was eight or nine or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's like something my mum would do. My yeah. mom, Brazilian mums are just like, they don't give a I remember getting the first... Um, <laughs> it's uh, not COVID, sorry. Like a Limp Biscuit. Uh, I remember getting a Limp Biscuit record mm. and then like I couldn't buy it. The guy rejected me and I was like, all right, mate, all yeah, right, right. I'll come back. I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Went and got my mum, came back <laughs> and then he's like looking at me, looking at my mum and then he's like... Yeah. You know, this there's explicit content on this. And your mum's like, and then my mum looks at me, <coughs> and then I just go, and then she's like, yeah, yeah. I'll get it, and then gives it to me in front of him. Day. Savage, love it, I love it. That's a good mum. <laughs> got to grow up one day, haven't you? Um, <coughs> yeah. So my, um, so yeah, you know, uh, this film Midnight Cowboy. I think it was one of the first films that you know my folks said you must watch this. Um, and yeah, I sort of grew up with a lot of um, film and theatre in the in the household. Two working actors as parents and. Yeah, got pretty obsessed. You know, films. It's great, and I think we're in a. <coughs> sorry about this cough. It's not COVID. I promise, it's not COVID. I'm, Are you sure? You They're down. At Are camera. you sure? Yeah. I'm fine, <laughs> Are you sure? I promise. I absolutely. Promise. I will talk about COVID well, in a little we'll bit. COVID, we'll get to the the, the pandemic. <laughs> yes. In a time of war. Um, but yeah. Um. What were we talking about? Yeah, film. Your TV, film, how you TV, got there. So, yeah, so I, it was that was so that's the first film you remember. When you were eight, you watched that. Not is the it first because film, but I think it's the first film that I was actually like my I just think it's funny This is what I want to yeah, do. Yeah, like Yeah. I mean I you know, as a kid I was always every Saturday morning, you know, and I'm showing my age here, but it was in the day of VHS and you know, I used to just park myself in front of movies. I used to watch the same films every weekend. I was just a you know. Uh and that that sort of obsession has always been there I, I you know I've, I, I think it's an incredible thing that we do um and yeah and, and the other thing as well is that we're like in a we're in a like renaissance of tv at the moment there's mm. an old mm. saying which mm. is television is a medium because it's neither rare nor well done which i think is quite a cool <laughs> way of putting it but but now that's changed you know it's netflix stand this that there's always good stuff on <laughs> so it's kind of like you know the whole thing of you know what having a list of things that you want to watch but it never stops now do you know when i was growing up i, I do you know how i knew what time it was when um, a show was on when a show was yeah, on when a show was on yeah yeah don't even need to watch especially saturday because i know yeah. hey, hey saturdays will yeah, be on yeah, yeah. baywatch will be, will be on yeah. um there'll be i used uh, to know if it was 4 30 if yeah. ducktales was on right? yeah yeah it's, fucking watch. it's it's acting is such a interesting art because you're like I'm all about like being uh, like as as real as possible, mm-hmm. and I've found acting really tough. Like I've tried acting, um, like unless I'm doing a comedy mm-hmm. like situation, mm-hmm. I find it really, really, really tough. And acting's the the art form that rewards you for. Uh, like accepting going inside another character and becoming mm-hmm. a molding a character into yes. real life. Absolutely. That's really true. But what you just said at the beginning is a clue that you'd probably be a very good actor, mm-hmm. which is about being real. Um, <clears throat> there's lots of, you know, I'm, I'm a walking encyclopedia of desk calendar quotes about this. Whole 
yeah, yeah. That, little sayings about things and little mantras that we have. But you know, there's a great Johnny Depp quote, which is acting is lying with yourself put into it. And if you don't put yourself into it, it's just lying. So someone like you, mm. you're talking about being real. And you know, you've got to real's got to be interesting. You know, grass growing is real. Yeah. You want to sit and watch it. But you know, there's an honesty and a truth that I think most good actors have to have. And I think, you know, and there's a lot of mistaken kind of notions about actors and acting. A lot of people think that actors are the were the most confident kid at school or are kind of even some people think actors are egotistical or full of themselves. But in mm. my experience, in twenty years of working with some incredible actors, both as an actor myself and teaching them, I've always found that most actors are it's almost like a counterphobic thing. It's like, you, I feel weird. I don't know if I belong in the world. I'm a bit sort of feel like a bit of an outsider. I think I'll stand in front of 200 fucking people and pretend I'm someone else, you know? It's <laughs> yeah. Weird. Um, but there's a, there's a level of, you know, there's a level of with the really great actors. You, you notice a level of integrity and being true to yourself. And, and you know, I think, so there, of course, that, that depends on the style of the genre. Talking to Johnny Depp, I mean, that guy, you know, he does like to hide behind a mask depending on what he's playing. But um, but I reckon he'd be a good actor. What's the thing about you not wanting to watch the, not you specifically, but Johnny Depp, for example, he doesn't his like his watching his own films. Some actors um, get full of a sort of suicidal dread when they watch their own stuff. It's like, oh man, what am I doing? I want to quit tomorrow. I mean, I tell the people that I work with at SAA, we, you know, they, they put their work down on their SD card, of course, when we're filming. And then they can take it home. And I always ask at the beginning of class who's been watching their work back. And I don't force it. Um, by the way, if I'm turning back this, you still got Mike's all yeah, good. No worries, man. You let me know. Give me the heads up. But um, <coughs> some actors, they do. They don't like watching their own work back. There's a wonderful actor who a lot of people know of, but Gene Hackman, you know, mm. he's brilliant. French Connection, played Lex Luthor in the original Superman and stuff. And he said, I've never watched anything I've ever been in. and I have no desire to. He said, I just, I, I want to quit as soon as I see it. Um, I think it's hard when you're watching your stuff back because it's like, so we do this thing in class. I always say, you know, everyone look around the room and find everything in the room that's blue. Mm. Now close your eyes and now tell me everything in the room that was green. Mm. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> but, you know, there's method in the madness, of course, is that when you're watching your own work back, you're scrutinizing every last thing. Oh, I lifted my eyebrow there, I did this. And, and you know, if your work's, if you're telling a story well, there's a lot of technique involved in acting. It's a craft. I strongly believe that. I think you need to train. I think you need to, to learn either on the job or through classes or however you decide to learn or both. Um, but, you know, we're hard on ourselves. I think most artists are hard on themselves. Yeah. The other thing as well, which is, you know, and, I, and this is the thing, you know, I'm always saying to people in class, never think of me as a life coach because that would be the blind link that people can fucking see. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, I do have... Um, I've been working in this for a while. One thing that I've noticed, and it's certainly it's it's probably projecting on my own part, but I notice that people who are perfectionists, and that tends to be a lot of people, you know, um, hands up if you're a perfectionist. Most of the class is hands up, and I think the same would be on a film set or in a theatre rehearsal. And you know, next question is, how's that working for you? You know. <laughs> Because when we're perfectionists, it can it can get in the way. You know, perfectionism, perfectionism is the enemy of creativity. Mm. When you were a kid and you went into the playground and you're playing like a wizard or something, you don't go, I need to workshop my wizard. Can I have two weeks and I'll come back? And work? Mm. You know, so it's the same with this. It's all dress-ups. But just being honest when you do it. Yeah. Mm. And do you – so with, um, with, with the people that come through, like – 
right now is it's weird. To, it's weird times, as you said. You just coughed before, and uh, oh, you got to warn that it's not COVID. Yep. Right. It's we're we're living in insane times. The I've always I've always wondered because I've always heard this, especially in the fucking political environment that we're living in. Are most actors that come through the school? I don't know if you even discuss any politics, but do you see them more leaning <coughs> left? I always like I keep hearing that artists <laughs> or lean left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my answer. No, uh, yeah, I think uh, left. It's it's a funny thing, you know. I was thinking about this on the way because I knew we'd be talking about politics, and you are talking to a layman. As much as I know a bit about life, I've. I don't think I, I think I'd know enough about politics to understand it, but I certainly, it took me a while as a sort of teenager, early 20s to see how I've made it about myself, typical actor. You asked about actors and that's about self. <laughs> um, but, you know, working out when I was younger, what left and right really means. You've got the extremes, you've got, you know, the fascist right, and then you've got the highly communist or socialist left. But if we're talking about on either side of the road rather than all the way down either valley, mm. I think, yeah, I would say most Majority. artists are left, and I would say that it is, I think that there is a, a healthy left, and I actually think there's a healthy right, and if you, you can be a bit of both. Mm. I think it's possible. We are not a machine. We are, you know, um, and it, it depends what area of life you're dealing with, but long story short, there are a lot of people who are very left-leaning who are in the arts, and um, to a point where it can often be extreme, um, which can often make me feel a little bit like I want to go right. Mm. Yeah, don't get me wrong. There's, you know, there's a lot of a lot of issues that have come up, of course, over the last ten or twenty years, or even more recently, that needed a left take on them, needed a left approach, needed to be dealt with from a left point of view. Mm -hmm. And you can see that the results are starting to bear some wonderful fruit. Um, but at the same time, I don't. There's no one I've noticed who comes into class and they're particularly got, you know, they're on they're, they're on a high horse about anything. Strikes me that left, healthy leftism is a more accepting, um, nurturing kind of stance on life. I think, not saying that there aren't parts of the very slight right, if you're going to call it right, that, that have you know some level of integrity. But at the end of the day, you know, I think we're so much more complex than that, and it kind of depends what we're dealing with. So, and you said just just before um, it. So you, you'd say you're a Biden supporter? I am. It's, it's kind of like I am a Biden supporter, but it's a bit like if you've just been in a huge pile of shit mm -hmm. for about four years, <laughs> or thank God it wasn't eight, if you've just been covered in crap, mm. anything's going to be about, you know, is, you know, any chance to get that off yourself is yeah. going to help. So... Were there to be other leaders around and Biden was in the mix, then I don't know. I, but I think he's certainly... Well, look, how can you not be an improvement on he who shall remain nameless? Yeah, we the, actually... The orange cockwomble. I don't think... Just as I said that, the orange behind your laptop just came up. It's <laughs> like he's in the room, you can feel him. So why is there, why is there such hate for the person we shall not name? Um, <laughs> I said it. Yeah. Say it three times. The Donald. The, the Donald. The Donald. Why is there so much hate? Look, I always thought he was like when prior to him, you know, going into left, like the left hate him. Yes, they do. There is a massive like yeah, so much that they can't even <coughs> like 
accept mm. one good thing. They can't even say like, okay, this is good mm. here. Mm-hmm. It's just pure like everything that you can throw at a yeah. guy, Yeah, he gets it thrown at him. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about, you know, uh, I, I a couple of years ago I had to, with pleasure, I had to do a read of a book called Taming Toxic People, which is about sociopathy and psychopathy. <laughs> for for um for a publisher and went on Audible, and um and I was yep yeah and I was um while I was reading that book, you know it makes you think it was it was yeah how how do you know how do you define a psychopath or a sociopath and of course in the corporate world um it's easy for a sociopath or a psychopath to blend in mm-hmm. because by nature I'm not saying people everyone who works for a corporation is is you know this way inclined but a corporation by nature is 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 no, is a is there is a degree of sociopathy behind the logic of it. So someone like Trump could thrive, even though he went bankrupt a few times, but could thrive in that environment. When it comes to politics, I think there's something to do with being, you know, what the, whatever the definition of politics is. If you look at the, the the semantics of it, it's you know meant to be governing or about the people. Mm-hmm. And I always felt that Trump. Uh, He's a sociopath. I think there is something about his nature. I think, you know, you can define a psychopath, at least, in that the book I was talking about. It says it, it can be someone who, when you mow the... Oh, there he is on the screen. They're very, they're very linked, psychopaths and sociopaths. sociopaths. It's yeah. a very, yeah. uh, it's a hard line. Yeah. To, it's, you, you, can fall you can fall whichever way. Whichever way. One of the, the sort of examples of a psychopath that this writer this book mm-hmm. used was that if you mow the grass in your lawn, you yeah. don't, if you mow your lawn, you don't sit there afterwards mourning the death of the grass. Mm. You know, that to uh, to certain people, him included, I think a lot of people are expendable. Mm. I don't think he was really, I don't think there was a lot of empathy in that person. I don't see it in his eyes. I don't see it in the way he talks. And I, I always thought, uh, you know, we all know at the end of the day, someone governing a country, particularly someone like the states, they're not—they're not the person ultimately calling the shots necessarily. There are people behind them, puppeteering, pulling the strings, so on and so forth. But if you're going to have a figurehead, you should have someone who's going to lead by example. And that was not that man. There is no way, as far as I'm concerned. And the reason I think the left hate him so much is because he was deliberately trying to polarize the country. I think he would have been happy if civil war let's call it but if and he almost got there you know um i think he was he was interested in causing divide whereas you can see that biden as soon as he got in he's much more interested in everyone integrating and and being the america that america has always wanted to be or professed to be and i wonder if one more thing on this i wonder if you know um it's not so much the rotten apple you gotta look at the whole barrel you gotta look at how did trump get in you know, what kind of country and where, what state is it in that somebody of that nature can be the person who's voted in to call the shots? Now, I've met a lot of people who don't mind Trump, and I don't, I don't wish him ill. You know, I don't wish him ill, but I certainly was sitting in stunned silence or low-level fury watching some of the things he was doing, as, as were a lot of other people. So I, I certainly sympathise with people who don't like him. <laughs> yeah, to to the grass analogy, yeah. uh, a lot of people stay there and admire what they've just done. Sure. So yeah, you know, to yeah, <laughs> it's it's interesting. He's a he's an interesting figure. He's um, in terms of going 
he's the first president that's gone against the media, mm. which I think is was a we saw the repercussions of it mm-hmm. in a big way. Do you, how do you feel about Biden saying something and doing other things? Like he says something during a presidential, so he's run four times. Mm, mm. Yeah. He's lost three times. Mm -hmm. So he's got a lot of, um, financial special backing. (laughs) Let's put it that way for president. He's, he's the, I wouldn't say as much as running four times. That's that's sure. a lot of billions of dollars. Sure, and yeah. for the last time, he actually broke the record of mm. being the most funded president most in history. Funded, yeah, sure. Yes. And um, so... And do you think he's been transparent about that? Or do you think it's... <coughs> because we know. We know that's the case. Right? We know that he's, he's... I mean, we know it takes money to run a campaign. Yes, and and a lot of it. Mm. And and that's, that's and also an not issue. Money he's using to buy people. He's saying it's to actually... No, to run the run campaign. campaign. I don't know what he's done with it because <coughs> sure. I don't think those financial records come out. It's just no. the these are the people that back no. these person and this well, is the it people seems that like every president, we, every president America gets is always some piece of paperwork that people are after. So with Trump, it was a tax return. Yeah. With with Obama, it was his birth certificate. certificate. No. Biden does nothing. No. no. Biden's the first president that there's... Um, he's got the most money behind him. Mm-hmm. He said some stuff on during the campaign mm-hmm. that a career politician like him has gone ahead and done the complete opposite right now. Sure. And <coughs> and if it, let's back up a bit, back up a bit. What made you choose like Biden? Once they were all running for mm. per, like president, there was all those people there, all the Democratic um, mm. candidates. Mm. What drew like drew you to Biden as a as a? That's what I'm interested you know, in. Like I'm what? really it's, interested it's in that. One. I'm I'm often very interested in trying to def- and I guess it comes from the line of work that I'm in, of not judging a book by their cover, but actually looking at the way a person behaves, like in the public eye, how they carry themselves. And I've always found try not to mention Trump too much in comparison to Biden because we're talking about Biden now, but. Mm-hmm. I loved, for example, I kind of loved the bromance between Obama and Biden. I just think yeah, was that was awesome. Thing. There was two, yeah. you know, we're living in a world where the term toxic masculinity comes up a lot. And you see two guys who are in a position where you're supposed to be an alpha male, if that's what you're supposed to be when you're running a country. Who knows? Maybe um, Theroux. <laughs> Louis Theroux, <laughs> that would be a great. Um, Trudeau. Maybe he's not so much, and that's why I like what he does. My favourite leader, before we go any further, I think is, is Jacinda, I think. In terms of the way in New Zealand, yeah, I think she's a, 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 as a general, really? yeah, really is. I think a person who can give a, a, an address to the nation sitting on the end of their child's bed <laughs> in a jumper is just like, thank you, a real leader, someone's <laughs> one of us, you know, people like us. But I always love the relationship between Biden and Obama, and also, um, you know, the VP, you know, he says everything about, you know, where, where, the, where the integrity lies. Um, I think she'll be president now. Um, but you know, I also think that it's it really is. It's something just about the person carry the way they carry themselves. And you know, I, as I said before, I'm a relatively a layman when it comes to politics in in its finer details. Like if we was to, to go, if I was to to talk to you, and you seem much mm-hmm. more sort of in, in the know about it all. But if you know, when I watch the Friendly Geordies, for example, yep, yep. get what he's talking about. 
I understand what he's getting at. But I, I don't often sit too much scrutinising policy as much as I just look at, okay, is this person, do, do, they, do they seem like somebody that is someone that people would aspire to? Um, and I certainly think in terms of whether or not he's gone against what he said he would do when he was campaigning, the quiet as far as a leader in the public eye or the media is concerned, says is good news to me. No news is good news. The, the, I, I, I know that Trump used to inflame the media deliberately to kind of keep his, the roller coaster moving. But I also think that so much of the media, and the media turned against him because he was deliberately playing them, but he was also, he was doing things right. It was like watching a slow motion car crash as far as a lot of people were concerned that continued for four years, unabated. Whereas there's a sort of pleasant silence that seems to have happened recently, which I don't think is that the media have just gone, oh, well, it's all over, let's go and have a sandwich. I just think they're not having to talk about the president's every next move mm. because he's keeping things on a much more even keel as far as I'm aware. This is why I was super interested in you, you specifically like – Picking Biden, mm-hmm. so I didn't pick him. <laughs> but, uh, but as a as a, as in terms of all the Democrats, all you the Democrats, picked him yeah. as the right person to go, and you picked him over the Republican mm. um, president at the time. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he he <laughs> Trump. <laughs> uh, so he so this is what intrigues me, right? Sure. The character of Trump. Mm. And especially with your background in film and like teaching acting and teaching and understand how camera works and understand um, the creation and understanding uh, what you say has this effect and the way you move has this effect. Mm -hmm. And even like facials will increase this level of um, word and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So with that, knowing that, in terms of Trump, before presidency, mm-hmm. it was it was a popular character, right? Mm, the Apprentice, and he got he got the what was the medal that he got? There's a medal um, with Muhammad Ali. Um, it was it's the highest honor that you can get for a person that has helped the black community. Uh, he sure. got it at the same time as Muhammad Ali and <laughs> another another person. Um, so in terms of a billionaire, he's he at the time he was one of that did the most for that community. That's sure. why he won that award and won that medal. Okay. He was... Ellis, Ellis, uh, Ellis Island Award in... Yeah. yeah, Ellis Island Award. I might be speculating here, but from from what I know as well, he does mm. come from a dynasty that have done quite the opposite, though. Those real estate tycoons, namely his father, I don't think were... Yeah, they're, they're, it's... um. You know... So that that's so there's a so we're saying that he's that's a market discussion. Sure, that's yeah, that's yeah. a different sure, discussion. Sure, sure. Um, so what 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 I'm getting at is mm. so the media presence of him mm-hmm. was very positive mm. before presidency. Sure. As a outsider, if you want to call him an outsider, but I think there's a lot of people that was sort of picked that character to mm-hmm. be put there. Mm. Then. You got that guy, celebrity, enjoyable character, mm-hmm. runs for president, wins, mm-hmm. 
does his four years. There's, there's, <laughs> there are some positives, but in terms of the left, there's no positives accepted. It's sure. all, it's all hatred. Sure. And he's going against the media of America, which is the largest thing in mm. the world in terms of, um, mm. you know, uh, uh, running a running, certain yeah, narrative, yeah, yeah, choosing um, how they depict, yeah, yeah, sure. So then, so then he's he's going, but this, but this thing about the media depicting the things that they reported on, he did them. It's not like they were making stories up. I mean, you know, I always thought that it was. I don't think a president should be. Well, the Russian thing, for example, he, yeah, sure. he didn't do that. So that was sure. a uh, that was essentially a conspiracy. If we're talking about home po- like domestic policy though, in terms of things that happened, tweets that were sent out, and things, remarks that were made. The fact that the guy effectively um, disclaimer here, this is you know, but you know, hold effectively up, hold incited a riot yeah, on Capitol Hill. Let's get to that. Let's get sure. to that. But so, just Are you talking about that's a guy. That's the kind of guy. No, no. Right? So I'm trying to finish. Oh, so sure. I'll finish off. I'll yeah. finish off, and I'm yeah. trying to bring Biden in as well. Sure. So in terms of person that was loved before mm. goes against the media. So obviously you you understand mm. how that all works. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. know the the backlash that that person's going to receive. Mm. And then you've got a guy that's been in politics for 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know how, and that's, that's career long. Like mm-hmm. that's 48 or 49 years. I think that's his career working politician. Mm-hmm. So you, you've, you've seen politicians in the past. You mm-hmm. know how politicians act. You know the characters that they are and that mm-hmm. they've built for a long time to say one thing and do another. Mm-hmm. He's ran three times, has lost all three times. Mm-hmm. And now he's he won this one mm. he said something on the campaign trail he's now gone completely against it mm-hmm. in terms of he said uh well he was asked what would you do in terms of saudi arabia mm. and he goes oh like go at them with the full extensive force that trump isn't mm-hmm. so not too long ago a journalist in saudi arabia i think three weeks ago was mm-hmm. killed mm-hmm. and he did nothing. He was like he he said, "No, nah, we're we're not going to deal with that." Yeah, bombings in Syria as well. Mm-hmm. Trump didn't do. He's the first president in history to not start a new war. Yeah, but absolutely. in terms of in terms of media, in mm. terms of you understanding of the mm. theatrics mm. and how you can portray something, <laughs> mm-hmm. how do you not like? How sure. do you draw towards Biden, which you know? Sure, sure. Ha- the history again. It, again, it might be that thing of it being the lesser of two evils, as far as I'm concerned. And the the thing, the differentiation, I suppose, we need to make is looking at whether we're looking at America's policy on the home front, or if we're looking at their foreign policy. And you know, I I always and it's the, the usual disclaimer of, of things like this. Of course, I I love American people, and a lot of dear friends of mine are American. Some of my best friends are American, but there has always been a notorious thing of as. As Trey Parker and Matt Stone sent up beautifully with Team America, that thing of being the world police and involving themselves in foreign affairs yes. in, a, in a particular way. And I am aware that Trump was one of the first people to not start a war on on another continent, but I always feel that that was because he was too busy trying to start one on his own fucking continent. He was actually inciting a level of hatred amongst the people and I, I and you know and I don't think this is just the way he was depicted you in don't the media. think that was the media no I don't I don't mm. you just have to look at a Trump rally me if you just look at what's on the camera you can see that there are a bunch of middle American people 
who, with all due respect, they have a certain way of thinking about certain other people in the world. And I felt like sometimes when you'd see a Trump rally, I could not help but think about going back to Trey Parker and Matt Stone. They took our jobs, you know, that kind of logic, that sort of... You didn't see the blacks and Latinos there? You, there were quite a few, but there are, you know, I think if we looked at a general populace and we said, okay, how how many of the, the black or Latino population or anyone POC in America, how many of them were a fan of Trump? I would like to know if there was a, if there is a survey or if there was. I think a, he got a higher vote in the Latino community than Biden. Not Biden, so much sure. the black community. Apparently, he got a higher vote than mm. uh, Obama. Sure, sure. Joe, uh, in terms of in terms of Joe, mm. I yeah. so you know again and and I, I, with with this sort of territory. I mean, I. I'll speculate because it's it's we all have an opinion about things, but um, it's not my area of expertise. Not saying I'm not saying I don't know a little bit about it, but all I all I feel or read is the room, and as far as I can tell, the room was very very, and it wasn't just the media portraying this. These are friends of mine in the states, so, you know, dear mates that I was speaking to at the time, going, "This is not just to do with the pandemic. This is a place that we are finding incredibly difficult to live in." Mm. There is a lot of unrest. There is a lot of unhappiness. There is a general overwhelming feeling of how long is this fucking guy going to be running this country because it's making our lives a misery. Now, I can only go on the individual. So, of course, yes, we're going to go off what the media say. We're going to go off what we are shown in the media. We've got to work out who was on his side, whether Murdoch was. Oh, well, look at that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. It is interesting. But again, you know, this is only a layman's opinion on this stuff. Mm. It's all, all what I'm going on and what I see. But and I don't spend, as a general note, I don't spend a great deal of time thinking about politics. Because as far as I'm concerned, politics is it, it's our responsibility to know what's going on in the country we live in. And other countries, but it's our responsibility to know how the world we live in is run to some degree and saying, oh, well, I'm just going to fly under the radar. That's ridiculous. But it's something that because there is so much hot air and because there is so much full of sound and fury signifying nothing, nothing. I've got better things to do. Mm. As long as, you know, very, very important policies that we as a, or voting someone in are things that we all attend to and that's a responsibility as part of a democracy. The rest of it for me, I don't, I don't find it, it something that, I think there's a simplicity that life is meant to offer or meant to be is meant to be part of life mm. that seeing things on an entirely global scale all the time can create a lot of mental unrest. I think that's another thing, you know, and that's probably a totally different area, but things like going into social media or the World Wide Web or world news, that there is a, there is a saturation of information that everybody is able to to receive and able to partake in that actually is is getting to the point where I think a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed and missing what is important and essential. And so as long <coughs> as long as, you know, if if you know, it's a, a America, if we're going back to America, it's a country that I think very highly of. I love that place. Been there a few times and and I adore it. But, you know, as far as being there is you know, we use that term lived experience. I think it's it's probably something where you've got to actually talk to somebody who lives in that country to really mm. know what's going on, to know how it feels when you walk down the street that day, to see the look on other people's faces, you know. And all I can tell is that 
the Americans that I know seem a little bit happier now than they were a year ago. Yeah. Do they? <laughs> do the they? ones I do. Yeah, yeah. But the like, I think I think taxes <laughs> have gone up. The the <laughs> the country's like smashed up. The I don't Why know. Why is the country what? smashed up? I couldn't tell you. I think it's the media. The car, if it was smashed up, I think the media was. That's just my personal um, thing because when you when you're trying to, uh, you know, when you're push, when you're pushing a character to be something, and that character (coughs) will double down with you and Mm. say, "Yeah, you're fake," and go against you, and Mm. then you're gonna throw what's under the book. So it's like. All right, Russia collusion. That's America 101. That's happened for years. Mm. Proven not true. Mm-hmm. Then, then you're going to throw racism at him. He got the middle uh, before he was president and he, he's got a large population I voted in. Then he goes and denounces <laughs> all of the things that sure. he, he looked to the denounce. So then it's, it's like, that's what, that's what intrigues me, especially um, about your support for Biden, is that <coughs> you again, understand so the media. My, it's, again, it's not so much a huge amount of support for Biden. I wasn't campaigning for him. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying I believe he's the lesser of two evils. Right. <coughs> um, oh, this COVID's kicking in. Um, sorry, I shouldn't make <laughs> jokes about that. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny to me. <coughs> um, hold on your microphone. I'll sanitize it. So um, <coughs> excuse me. I'll get some water. You're right. but, um, the other thing is, if we get, again, going to a basic kind of layman opinion on all this, there's a, a great quote from Tim Minchin mm-hmm. when he was, I think it was a graduation speech or it was a commencement speech to the students at the University of Western Australia. It's a very funny speech where I think he gives nine life lessons. And one of them, which I think is a wonderful one, is, is to stop defining ourselves in opposition to things. Mm-hmm. Who cares if you don't like Radiohead? Mm-hmm. When we're in class, we always have the th- this thing of what's working and what do we add when we're working together as actors, as opposed to what's not working. Which doesn't mean we all sit there patting each other on the back and saying, well done, when there's things that we need to work on. But there is a sort of, you know, not a sort of, there is a general moving away from the nasty thing towards the nice thing, you know, thinking about what's working. Now, Trump, if we're going back to him, Having access as a president, I don't know who was sitting next to him when he was tweeting, whether there was a, you know, it goes back to the West Wing, whether there really was a a, a press secretary who was watching his every move because he seemed to be saying a lot of things that were coming just off the cuff and off the fly, which, you know, there's an old joke Billy Connolly made about Reagan. He said, you know, Reagan has the button that can destroy the world. My granddad is younger than him and we don't give him the controls to the fucking television. Yeah, and with Trump having that button and access to being able to just say, this is how I feel, that's how I feel. Now, if you go through all those tweets, how much of the time he was defining himself in opposition to things, pointing the finger, slagging people off in a very playgroundy, childlike way. Now, you could say that's very... Some people might say he's actually playing the system and he's smart and he's being deliberately inflammatory. But what it, what it bred, if you're looking to him as... A, if you're meant to be able to look at someone who's a leader as a figurehead, what it breeds is a general zeitgeist of not dissatisfaction, just just shit-slinging, mud-slinging, hurling things at each other. And and I think it kind of, it not to put too fine a point it, what the world needs now is love, but it's it really felt like there was a kind of underlying toxic vibe about 
his approach to governing that country. Now, you could say, well, he was actually doing good things. I know there's a list of things that he did that were appalling, that was, you know, up on Zuckerberg.com um, towards the end of his presidency. And then there's people defending and saying, well, he did this. And nobody's perfect. We all know that. There's never been a leader that's just done entirely great things. We've seen that recently with Prince Philip. A bigot and a racist, but also someone that was, you know, 992 charities over 70 years. So the guy did some good things. And we've got to look at the old thing of nobody who's perfect because perfectionism, as we said at the beginning, is the enemy of creativity. Mm. And we're all winging it at the end of the day and we're all piss, shit and fart uh, and, sh- and shower, shit and shave. Shall I, bring, know, our, so shall I bring our co- Cosby? Say what? again. Shall I bring our Cosby? Cosby. Yeah. Yeah, bring up, bring up, bring up R. Kelly. Bring everyone up. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Cosby. Well, in terms of what about Cosby? Yeah. How many people, um, how many minorities you put through universities and colleges? And Look, this is the thing. This is that real, terribly difficult gray area yeah. to navigate. That, you know, and you could go into the territory of cancel culture when people do such abhorrent things that are relative, well, not relatively, they are unforgivable things that that person has done and then you you try to match them against all the great things they've done it is going to be a conversation that goes on for time immemorial the less the better in terms of how many bad things people do but um i think yeah for most tyrannical people or most people that are guilty of something abhorrent they have also probably done some good things and Mm. it goes back to trump for all the inciting a riot if you're going to really cut to the chase he knew what he was doing he did, he'd alluded to it already or if you're going to look at all of those hateful tweets or those you know public addresses or standing in front of uh in the square with a bible in your hand suddenly using religion as a weapon or if we go back to the you know the locker room talk stuff i mean how many women in, in america when they heard that recording would have thought and that's the person we voted in i mean you know at the end of the day there is, and how many would have went grab my pussy? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, uh, could you pull up bad, um, bad worst Trump tweets? What are worse, Trump tweets or Biden gaps? Oh, this is a good question. You're cornering me on politics today, and I, tell you, I keep disclaimer. <laughs> I'm, lame no, and no, lame. no. I'm interested. No, good, no yeah. I'm interested. I don't want. I don't want like no, to ha- these TV people. They like try have fucking politics specialists and all of that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the population votes these people in. Mm. So I'm more intrigued so about general what people. You, what are the gaffes that Biden has has made so far <laughs> that you are? You are so. See, I'm turning it back on you now. Uh, so one of them, one of them is, uh, for example, he's been in. He's been a senator for 120 years. Um, <laughs> the other one, where what what we need, what was it? What he's we- actually a character in Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Who plays Joe Biden? <laughs> he was there at the time. Can't you see? You watch him walking down a runway. And so, a jog. Another one. Another one. He was trying to say how to lead. So he's like, "What we need to do is we need to. Uh, uh, we're gonna get a lot done. Yeah, that was that was one one thing. That was it. I don't. We're gonna get a lot done. What's wrong with that? <laughs> well, of course we are. 
Not here for a haircut. He's not going to sit and have a sandwich. He's got stuff to do. He's got stuff to do. We just don't know what it is. We just don't know what it is. But we, how's that a gap? We have no idea what it is. Oh, are you are you saying he's one of the, those pollies who uh, Skymo like who middle oh, management no, I'll, who I'll, sails around the topic and never really actually. Oh no, them. these are these are massive. Go on the the WhatsApp with uh, our mate. Yeah, and then just scroll to the first Biden video. Just so I got I got a mate who uh, trains out of Balmain Brazilian Jiu Jitsu there. Sure. I'm actually teaching this Saturday. Nice. Hey, I should um, come down, mate. Come down, 100. percent Gracie Atarman, Gracie Atarman. Honestly, fucking come down. You would love Not it. Too. And um, so he. When I go to the beach, the RSPCA pushed me back in. <laughs> uh, you can't see it on camera because it's a black background with a black t-shirt. But no, <laughs> I don't see it. No, well, I don't see it, mate. I see person. a strong pack right there. That's right. That's it. I and a six pack, but I drink it. <laughs> and he, so he, he, me and him go back all the time. Mm. And he's, he's a hard, like hard, I'd say left wing, because he thinks I lean right just because. Is this a, uh, a Biden meme or a tweet? What? I like traditional, uh, I'm a bit of a traditionalist, but not in the sense that I think we should be stuck in the past, mm-hmm. but in the sense that I like nature and I like mm-hmm. like fields and I don't like to be completely part of grids and shit mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So then I'm, I'm, I'm apparently right wing because of that. Um, You're right wing because you don't want to be part of a grid. Yeah, these days, apparently, what? yeah. I, I, I don't know, it was mate. Entirely the opposite. I don't, that's what I mean. I would think conformism is normally more a right. Well, I mean, this is the thing that's happening at the moment is people are starting to say that left wing is being more conformist. You got to be a certain way in order yeah. to be a, a right, yeah. as incorrect. But I've always thought that uh, no, I don't. That, I feel that's the opposite. I'm very much like you as well with that. Yeah, I love Sydney, but I find that there's in terms of the grid, in terms of the structure of things and the straight lines. You go to somewhere, well, a lot of wonderful places around the world, but the place I always think of is into quite a few times as a boot in Bali and you feel how the way the buildings just kind of slightly kind of yeah. enclose you in a great way in the shapes of things and I think by nature because we're all you know we're all primates we're all monkeys we, we should feel a sense of forest and not so much of and yeah that, that is something that I think again yeah. it's all everything in terms of going back to politics everything should be about quality of life and I guess I got stuck on with with Trump. I just felt like there was just a general unease that may have been there in the past and wasn't so obvious because of the way the media were depicting it while Trump was there, but I just felt there was a general unease that didn't need to be there. And, uh, and it doesn't feel like, and you're saying it's still there, and of course it's still there. Things are still happening in that country at the moment have happened over the last day. Uh, last couple of weeks that are going to cause a great amount of unhappiness and 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 resent and deservedly so you think he's the most uh biden is the most popular president voted in history i don't think he's the most popular i know that trump is the least popular trump is now the least popular in terms of or was it no, was it Trump got the, the second least successful, second least. No, Trump got the the he's the most popular voted president but Biden is the most popular voted um, person into office. So he, Trump got 50. It was a couple of, it was a couple of, about a month ago where they, 40, the, where 46 they said that million. he was the, the least successful president during his term. And I think Trump was second from the bottom. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know about, I don't know about that. 
Maybe, mm. maybe mm. you could be. You could be right. I'm not. I'm not too sure. I'm yeah, going off votes. So you're going off votes. I'm yeah, going sure. just strictly off votes. Sure. But in terms of that, I don't think that's. What, but you can match it. You no, can't. No. You wouldn't be able to calculate it. I don't no, think. No. But uh, have you yeah. got it? Have you got the thing? WhatsApp. Yeah, I'm on WhatsApp. Yeah. Fatty. And the first video, any any video of Biden on that on that feed, will be one of his gaffes. What were you doing before? Whilst we were talking this entire time, like? get to I was trying to find it and and did other things. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's that's that's what I'm intrigued with. You understand videos so well. You understand how to tell a story so well. You understand the media um, fairly well because of the the what you do mm. and you understand the theatrics of it all mm. and you you can clearly see through bullshit so when the most popular president in history in terms of votes mm. doesn't even speak to the public for the longest time in history and then now is doing the exact opposite thing that he did whilst he was doing campaign cuz he went the longest Ever mm. without addressing the public, mm. so that's the, Biden. Biden. Mm. So he's there's never been a president that didn't speak to to its people mm. once they were elected in for as long as he did. Sure. And then when he got to speak to them, mm. he was like he was reading from a list of who the journalist that is that should speak right now. Sure. So sure. like all those things together, it, mm. to me, it's, to me the unrest is a big media part. It, sure, it, what sure. it seems to be is like it's been played very well on that end to cause the unrest. Now, Do you wonder if Biden's not spending so much time talking to the media or because he's, what was the thing you said before that he's got a lot of stuff to do? Do you think he's busy? Do you think he's actually trying to get stuff done and that's what he's focusing on? And I'm not saying that question was suggestion. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying, yeah. You know, no. You don't think so? No. So you think he's... Sitting behind the desk. Because he's doing the same... Twiddling his thumbs. Yeah, no, he's he's got the same um, things to do as Trump and every single other president in history. During the entire coronavirus, uh, Trump came out, continuously spoke about it. It's... He, recommending bleach. That's, that's, that's true because we, we don't know the... Uh, the extent I don't think it was like drink bleach. I don't think that was the exact um, it was, thing. It was one of those flipping chloroquine. Yeah, but it was one of those. You know, I think there's a. You know, something he kind of and I think under his breath, which you just don't. You know, there are in words and out words. Think all you speak, don't speak all you think. You know, there's a there's a level of diplomacy that I think someone in that position you could call it being playing safe, or you could call it treading lightly. But there's a level of just of. Be, you know, I've always noticed this, that no matter who the politician is, there's always going to be people that like them. There are always going to be people that hate them. Uh, yeah. And politicians by nature are going to be divisive because there's going to be people either side who will either like him or I don't. And the policies they attempt will either work or they don't or they might work later down the track and we see things start to seep in to have an effect. But I, I just, as far as the way that everything was managed during those four years, it just felt like there was a recklessness. And going back to the sociopathy, um, just looking at uh, Trump as a person and just thinking of who he is and 
you know, I, of course, it's the same with. I always thought Obama was a fantastic leader, but of course, there are so many things that people say. Well, his foreign policies were horrendous. Yeah, the a lot of and bad all things. That, a lot that of he bad did. things that he did. So I just, yeah, it's it's a thing where I think for the rest of time, as long as we have government, we will be chasing our own tail in terms of whether we like it or we lump it or we put up with it or we fight against it. I just felt. From what I could see, and I just don't think it was just being depicted in the media. The media can't make, they're not CGIing an image of Capitol Hill being stormed by a bunch of rednecks. Mm. So you're telling me that that's a good president if that's happening? I'm telling you that he was acquitted of that and that didn't happen as it went through the courts in but terms of him citing it, it. Sure. Okay. So then, so then in, in that essence, no, but I understand that. To get to that point, I still mm. think it's a big, like, media situation. I think mm. I think there are some goods. I think there's some goods. Specifically Biden, mm. it's like that thing. Would you prefer a person just to tell you straight up to your face what they thought about you, or would you prefer them say something to you and then go behind your back and... <coughs> Do do whatever they do, and I think that's that's what how this situation Bi- is. He has been in for about so it's January, isn't it? So, so January, yeah, so January twentieth. So in three months, we've yeah. he's gone back on his war word. He's bombed something. Mm-hmm. He what else is that he's done? He so the coronavirus is at at its worst mm-hmm. right now as as his leader and as he was the. He hasn't spoken to the people. He's spoken once, and he's selected from a list of Do you think, media. Well, okay, so for example, going back to um, talking on against the Trump camp, do you think that yeah. I've got, the coronavirus? Now we're doing we're learning as we go with this thing. Yeah, whether or not the the geometric effect of the growth of the coronavirus is happening geometrically as opposed to arithmetically, so eventually the curve's getting higher, and however long that's going to take to peter out, we don't know. But if you just look at the evidence on the page, do you think it was appropriate, for example, for Trump to conduct rallies and to completely overlook wearing masks? Even if there's the argument the masks don't work or it was, you know, it was a, it was all a, a, a bit of a sort of placebo that, that, that wasn't what was going to diminish the numbers of, of cases. Mm. But the fact that he was actively encouraging a sort of blasé mentality to something that was killing people. Mm-hmm. To me, that's... The, the evidence is that the, the media aren't... Whether they speculate on that, whether that's an opinion piece, if it's an op-ed, or if that's just seeing the rallies. And, you, you know, I, I think Trump is not an idiot. There's no, there's no way he's an idiot. But I think he lacks a level of... Uh, or, or showed himself to lack a great deal of caution mm-hmm. and treading carefully. And I think when you've got someone in that particular position, I honestly, I, you know, regardless of specific examples of foreign policies that need addressing or home policies that need addressing, that ultimately if that's the person running the country, no matter who's doing this behind closed doors, who, if you go back to the acting thing, who do you want to cast? Do you want to cast Biff from Back to the Future, which is who I think of every time I look at fucking Trump? I just think, you know, <laughs> fly, you know. I think Biff was based on him. Rumor has it, they even said that Biff was based on him. Or a guy that got cut from Home Alone too because he's such a piece of shit. Um, or do you want to cast 
the guy who, as you said, treads carefully and says this and does that. And yeah. So again, it goes back to the lesser of two evils. It's I've always felt this when you vote anyway. It's like, which limb do you want to lose? You know, do you want that one or that one? Rosemary's baby, Sophie's choice, you know, mm. um, that ultimately, you know, in, in, an, uh, in an ideal world, I'd, I'd say someone like a Jacinda or, um, or Trudeau would, would be ideal everywhere. I think there are people I see in the public eye that I would just love to run a country, whether or not they are <laughs> politically, and I think he probably is, but I'd love to see Morgan Freeman run USA. Well, we're just. <laughs> I think it'd be great. Can you imagine the presidential addresses? You just like silk, but you know. He'd be an so, Obama, man. You think he'd be an Obama? He'd be a great Morgan, speaker and he would do some damage. Oh, but but I, I, when, when, when Freeman actually does talk like about Freeman. political things, I mean, there's a wonderful quote he's got about homophobia. What is it? Uh, homophobia is not a phobia. You're not scared, you're just an asshole. Yeah. So he calls shit true. like it is. It's true. You know, and he says about Black History Month. Yeah. Why do we have to have a Black History Month? Why is it White History Month? This is Black History. And and also he even said, and you know, I'm quoting Freeman here, but he talks about racism and he says, when we stop talking about it, so when you were going to mention that, when we stop talking about it, and you do need to talk about it, he's saying, but when we are able to stop talking about it, then we can move forward. But, um, hmm. and you, so you touched on the vid. What do you think of the vid? Of the vid. It's got a nickname now, isn't it? Oh, it's got plenty of nicknames, yeah. mate. Like, it's at <laughs> the, the stage vid. now It's not like in Australia, normally we make nicknames longer, you know, when like, all right, Neilo, you know, that's, oh, not, yeah, we that's add longer that. than Neil. <laughs> um, but yeah, the vid, what do I think of the vid? Well, having friends that have lost people to it and it's not, oh, this was diagnosed as this, but it was actually that. This is someone who who literally lost their partner to it, um, uh, having friends that have been through it. Uh, I know it's real. I believe it's real. Yeah. Um, if that was the question, I don't know. If that no, no, no. I was just what you thought yeah, of it. But, yeah, it. that can be thrown in with well, it because there are a lot of people that so don't think it's real. people are going, oh, it's a government employee, it's a this, it's a that. No, I don't think it is at all. I think it's something that's happening. I think the proof's in the pudding. Um, what I think of it is when it first happened, when it first started, you never want to look at the silver lining of a cloud when people are dying from something, but something happened to the world that was in some way. And I say this with all due respect to people who have gone through things as a result of this that are very, very unpleasant, but there was something because of the lockdown that I actually thought was to some degree could have been useful to us as a species. That It was almost like Mother Nature went, right, I've thrown this at you, I've thrown that at you, you're all fucking grounded. Go mm -hmm. home and have a long heart. You know? mm -hmm. And something about the world was just slowing down in a way because everyone, and, and I'm talking more about the lockdown than the actual virus itself. Yeah, animals were in cities animals and everything were in like cities. That. It was a little bit, you know, Will Smith, I am legend. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, deer walking, dolphins in Venice and all that stuff. All utopian ideals and probably that photo was done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought that there was something about, I've always felt personally, as a neurotic Jewish boy from London, I'm always a bit highly strung, but I, I certainly felt that there was something about the in the world we live in, and you were talking about the grid before, and literally the yeah. sort of that city thing. People can feel more alone in a city of four million people. Than they do, do you know a, town. a scary thing? Just can remember yeah, that thought. Yeah, well is that they? They I saw. I don't. It was like a a meme mm. originally, but then someone started like creating this whole video and this whole like 
like hypothesis on it and everything. So like a marker, like a computer chip. Mm. So he's trying to link together how cities are built mm-hmm. and how the blo- uh, buildings are structured, how mm-hmm. they don't create amazing structures anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get into like the energy space and everything like that, it's to drain energy rather I than um, put it bring in, Absolutely. give energy out. Absolutely. That was yeah, an interesting Architecturally, uh, thing. there are exceptions to the rule, but there is nothing that inspiring about general modern buildings. Yeah, it is, it is designed to, you know, from a political point of view, to control the masses. But mm. I think there is certainly something to that. If you're going to build an, an, a nest for all the rats, don't make it exciting. Yeah. So it goes back to the addiction thing. You know, Rat Park when they did the two, two ex, uh, the two examples where you're trying to explain what what caused addiction, and they put rats in one cage where it was extremely sterile and bland, and they had a little pipette of heroin, and the rats would go straight to the pipette of heroin because they were trying to keep themselves somewhat entertained. Mm. And then they had what they called Rat Park, which was like fucking rat paradise, like wheelchair, <laughs> tube there, two other, you know, all this stuff. And the rats didn't go near the... the, the Heroin. They, yeah, because they were happy with their quality of life. And, you know, there's a huge argument for that. I think you're quite right. Yeah. I have forgotten the floor that we were talking about before. No, we, t- we were talking about... Um, uh, COVID. COVID. Well, yeah, talking about COVID, talking about the lockdown. So, yeah, there was kind of like, you know, I, I've always felt that... There's a if we use the rat race as a free, the freeway, you know that the cars, the, the the feeling of the world going at a certain pace. That even if you choose to try and sit on the hard shoulder, you still get caught up in the kind of. Mm. Uh, and I've often know, noticed that in Sydney, I feel sometimes when you look at the traffic, you go, everyone's in such a fucking hurry when no one really knows where we're going, mm. you know. And then you go to another part of the world. I literally uh, tweeted that the other day. Really? Or going, uh, people these days, dot, mm. dot, I'm going nowhere, mm. but I'm in a hurry. But wonderfully put. I'm going nowhere, <laughs> but I'm in a hurry. That's a great idea. Yeah. So true. So true. It's, 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 uh, but, yeah. It's a nuts, like. It's mental. People chasing their tail. And it's like, you know, and, and not realizing that, that being here now, go into the Eckhart Tolle side of things or any of Brene Brown, any of the people about present moment awareness, there is this real rush to do things. Now, no one is saying that people not being able to work, you know, in our line of work in the arts, it was devastating. That sort of thing being taken away from you for a period of time, as it has been, has been very, very detrimental to a lot of people. But at the beginning of all this, there was kind of like, just for a little while, Maybe it was a calm before the storm. There seemed to be a moment where it was like, ah, this is the first time the world, or, you know, the city urban world has slowed the fuck down and just taken a moment. And maybe that mm. was a healthy thing because no one was going to do that as a species in unison unless something made us do it. Mm. So on that note, I thought there was something beautiful about yeah. it. I yeah, was going to use the word positive, but you don't want to use that word during a time of a global pandemic. But yeah, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful about it. You know, it was almost like, yeah, that, that there was something, a little brief respite just to catch our breath. Now, if we alchemize that and turned it on its head, I think it could have almost been a good thing, but it didn't work out that way. Um, but I wonder if there are lessons learned. You know, I'm sure you're very similar. I'm sure Neil is similar. If you ever go on holiday somewhere, certainly overseas, I tend to get off the beaten track. I don't want to be in the tourist beat. You go to Bali, I don't want Kuda. Mm. You, you know, anywhere, you know, any part of the world where you can learn about a culture that you're visiting. 
and I, I've noticed in my travels that the places that the, the parts of a culture that I love most are when people have learned just to enjoy life for what it is. And it's yeah. not something that I'm always very good at. I can get caught up in the rat race. I can get on Facebook and be stuck on that damn thing for an hour and a half. And then I think, what the fuck have I achieved? You know? And the, that incredible documentary, was it called The Social Dilemma? How it is yeah. geared to trigger those, um, those uh, dopamine responses and how you know the scrolling thing the simple thing yeah. that there is never an arrival just like we were talking about we're always trying to get somewhere nowhere and we're in a hurry so scrolling yeah. through all this stuff oh so and so said this and we all know the algorithms are gearing it towards what we're going to respond to so it's all that puppeteering that's going on do you know why you don't see trump on facebook no so you, he's well, you see him on Facebook, but he's not on. Well, he was. No, his voice is um, completely banned on Facebook and sure, sure. Instagram. Yeah, oh, yeah no, so I, oh, I do know that. If he yeah, goes, yeah, yeah, he had his account. Stop. If you post someone that even like him saying it's a good day mm. or anything like that, yeah, yeah. your your oh, account gets banned. <coughs> I did know that because I used to follow his account because I used to watch. I used to get up in the morning and literally think, "What's he fucking said?" To me? <laughs> I used to do it. I, I sometimes heckle with the old comment, not that he's reading. <laughs> Guys, I'll be going to read the comments. Yeah. No, nah, yeah, take a quick break and then we'll get into digital streets. Lovely. Easy done. And we are back. All right, get I that close to you. Last thing before we get to digital streets that I wanted to touch on, we touched on uh, the big Biden and big Trump. Mm -hmm. We didn't touch too much on Australian politics, which is fine. Um, <laughs> I wanted to... Get why, more. Why would you want to touch it? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on how you you know because you're very much in the film scene, very much in the acting scene, very much in the theatrics of everything. So it interests me how you um, came to supporting Biden, and I think you described that well. <laughs> Stop sex. <laughs> it's not that I support. Oh, if you say you support Trump now over Biden, hey. Do I have to support anyone? Hey. I can't even support myself. I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and mandatory mandatory vaccines. Mandatory vaccines. All right. What are your thoughts on uh, everything Pass. that's going 50 -50. on? 50-50. Yeah. Ask the audience. <laughs> Go on, what? What is my thoughts on it? Uh, do I like anti-vaxxers? Is that what you're asking me? Um, so is anyone that asks, like, what is inside a vaccine mm. these days an anti-vaxxer? No. No. Mm. Is anyone who says no? <laughs> What's that meme that's been going around about how many people are like, <clears throat> oh, and there's no way I'm putting that fucking shit in my body. And it's usually the people that bought a pinger off someone in a, a cab club that just yeah. didn't know what was in the shit and all that yeah. stuff, you know. Um. Look, I would be the first of it, first person to, to empathise with the idea that you don't want to take something unless you know what it is. Yeah. And it needs to be trialled. And unfortunately, because of the time pressures, people have tried to rush this through. Um, as a general note, anti-vaxxers, if we're going to refer to that particular demographic, I would say, um, from my experience, I think there's a, a, general, a general lack of knowledge about it. Mm-hmm. So very often it's people who haven't done any homework and have just gone, no. And then there are people who have done homework and go, no. But um, mm. I think if it's going to help us get over this thing, 
But they're starting to talk about there are side effects. You know, people have started to say all over the world there's been things that have, have happened as a result of this particular vaccine that we've got at the moment. So, two of them have been halted: the AstraZeneca and the mm. Johnson and Johnson have now been halted. Sure, due to deaths, blood clots, and mm. uh, what's it called? Um, infancy. An infancy. Yeah. Sure. You know. Um, it's almost like the acknowledgement of a world where we are non-binary in another area is also an acknowledgement that needs to happen in terms of our thinking. And I think you can sit on either side of the fence. You don't have to have one opinion just because you're a Biden supporter yeah, yeah. or Donald Trump doesn't mean you necessarily are 100% behind Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the, with the vaccine, you can't tell. I mean, it, it's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, so, so in terms of... At the start, mm. I think everyone with this whole thing, it's it's either two situations. It's mm. a situation where it's gonna be a boy that cried wolf mm-hmm. in terms of like this whole situation was never as deadly as it initially seemed to be. Like people standing on a street and then falling face first on the floor in China, how mm-hmm. how it was brought into the world is that sure. uh, it's so deadly that people just fall down and which we know now is absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where those videos come from. Um, what about ter- the statistics in New York in particular? How many people is it that are, have either contracted it or died from it? Yeah, so... The, uh, and, and, and it's not there saying, oh, well, they got... They actually had a heart condition, but we're going to call it COVID. They have said it was from this. And when you talk to people on the front line, nurses, doctors working in the hospitals, they're saying this is not a myth, this is what it is. So I think there is no question, uh, whatever the statistical evidence is, there's no question from as far as people who work in hospital wards, in emergency rooms, who are saying this is real and there's no getting around it. This is a virus and it is a strain of something that we have to... And viruses, of course, are notoriously difficult because they they morph, they change. And so it's, again, it's like, you know, the lesser of two evils. Do we risk the side effects of a vaccine or do we just continue trying to... See, this is the other thing with the, with going back to COVID. Um, as we were talking about the virus before itself rather than the vaccine, is that it's almost like, you know, a dragon attacked the village and we were all aware of the dragon. And after a while, we started to make peace with the fact there's a dragon in the town square, but it's still a fucking dragon. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, something's got to be done about it. It's just whether or not we take the risk of, as we are doing now, of initiating the vaccine and seeing where it lands, or do we just go? Let's wait clinical trial. It's six months, a year. Try to make do. So I think we're um, we're winging it. That's for sure. And when you bring up statistics, mm. how do you feel about the statistics of, um, it's it's in this ballpark mm-hmm. is. 38 million, if you brought up New York, Mm -hmm. so American statistics is 38 million uh, influenza in uh, 2019 Mm -hmm. and 2018, Mm -hmm. 1,600 and something in 20 and 2021. So how do do we go from having the flu and Mm. influenza, 38 million people and 80 years of not finding a vaccine Mm -hmm. to having 1,000 and something in the last year. So the the obvious conclusion would be that a lot of COVID cases are being 
of flu. Is it, it, Putting into flu? Is that well, I mean, if, 38 million? If the, if the, if the figures have, have miraculously you know, disappeared. Oh, who, who says yeah, there's the, no more influenza? So on mm, the WHO mm. website, there's um, the, the influenza <laughs> chart, chart now shows zero. Mm. So no one in the world it has the flu. Sure. And we've always had the flu. Oh, we've always had the flu. So, so of course, it's common sense. We would have to say that a, a number of COVID cases are actually the flu. Is that what we? I I, I don't. Must be. I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to work. So when I said before, it's mm-hmm. it's either a boy that cries wolf case, mm-hmm. as in like it's not as serious, and it's a it's a situation where. Um, it's a virus. Mm. It exists. Coronavirus has always mm. existed. Mm-hmm. We've never been able to find a vaccine for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been able to find one for this coronavirus in the last six months, but mm. there's also variants of this coronavirus. There's yeah. multiple different variants of it now. Absolutely. So even if you get a vaccine for one, you're going to get it again. Yeah. So where... It's just like the cold, is it? I think they say you can catch 72 colds in your life. That's how many strains or something like that, 72. Yeah, and so and so also the and then we looked at the Australian data. Yes. So the Australian data tells us that in 2019 Australia had its worst flu case uh, flu cases in its history. Mm-hmm. We had 310 thousand deaths, mm-hmm. and a, that was brought out by the ABC. Mm-hmm. And then another study by the ABC just came out that. Worst case scenario, we're going to get between fifty to one hundred and fifty thousand coronavirus deaths. Mm. So that's half, less than half mm-hmm. of the flu death. Yeah. So where where do we sit with mandatory vaccines <coughs> when we know those particular data and that particular st- statistics? Mm-hmm. Where do we sit with mandatory? If the mandatory vaccine is actually percentage mm. is even lower. Mm-mm. So it's a eighty-five percent effective. We've got one vaccine that's sixty-two percent effective in Australia, mm-hmm. and then the virus itself is <coughs> less deadly than the flu. If mm-hmm. we're to look at the data of twenty nineteen and right now, mm-hmm. so where do we sit with mandatory vaccines? <coughs> um, if those are the stats, well, you know, I mean, it's is this something that we should put to a vote? That's another thing. There's not been a vote. Interesting. Yeah, no, it has to gauge public opinion because it's a trial. I don't think we can have a vote. Have a vote on it. Um, Yeah. There's so many. There seem to be so many discrepancies, and that statistic obviously speaks for itself. But then, you know, when it comes to vaccines, the the argument about polio, for example, and how it effectively wiped out that particular. India, yeah. Well, India, no. A lot of people got in. Four hundred thousand got injected with polio via vaccine. Mm. Via the um in in India, uh, polio. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They did a experiment there. Um, what what was the experiment exactly? Yeah. So uh, I remember it was the, the children. Like it was like I think it was like forty eight. Thousand? I thought it was 400 when, and something. When was this? Maybe uh, 200 and something just, just thousand. Just give me a second. When it was, was around yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2012, 2014. So they went into India and then mm. they said that there was this big polio outbreak mm. and they needed a vaccine to help the whole situation. Mm. They went in there, they uh, implemented the vaccine as a mm. test mm. and gave polio to everyone. 
a lot of people died and a lot of people got ill of mm. polio and they've had that bad stamp. Oh, sorry. They, they argue that very often the, the, the form of vaccine is, is in, in fact a minor strain of the... like. That's why this vaccine is apparently different than all mm. the other vaccines. And all the other vaccines. False claims. Vaccine. Paralyzing girls in... No, this, is, this isn't it. But I know it was. I know paral- got to check I know, which news source, haven't we? I yeah. know. I know it was. I know that that uh, it was paralyzing. It paralyzed f- like children. Yeah. It, it, maybe type in polio. Uh, in India, yeah. It's it's a bit. It's a bit. Um. It's a bit tough, and the fact that there's so much information uh, out there, mm. like. Here it is. My like my bullshit radar goes up <laughs> when when we're like in this stage where it's we can clearly see your like the if it's ninety nine point nine seven percent this is CDC statistic that you're going to be safe mm. but then you're a vaccine that's eighty five percent is mandatory mm. of like which risk is higher rush, yeah it's not a game of Russian that you want to play um all right so. Yeah, what's what's the actual forty-seven thousand children seems to come from a two thousand and twelve paper which claims that the non-polio accurate flaccid paralysis uh, was more common in areas of India with higher uptake of the oral polio vaccine. The foundation funds polio erasion. Um, So basically, was funded by Bill Gates and his wife by this this vaccine, and and had uh, paralysed. Some amount of children. Some amount of children. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in 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 India. Yeah. Uh, although the, I mean, there's, uh, it, it did help polio. Not not that particular vaccine though. Mm. Not yeah, that yeah, particular. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. that particular yeah. one. Yeah. So this was a particular type of the vaccine that caused this. Yeah. Geez, yeah. Geez. So, I like. I, I mean, don't there, think there is always go and you know. This is a very, very good example of why there is a contention about vaccines. You know, but I don't, the, the, the I don't like the the contention sort of like this particular vi- vaccine, the nRMA vaccine, mm-hmm. that's different than all the other vaccines. Is it called the nRMA vaccine? Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, um, that's what I call roadside uh, No, 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 no. Is it mRNA? Against, it is. I'm against NRMA. <laughs> NRMA. Side side SAVE today. So apparently, this is different than all the other vaccines. So when people sure. are like this particular one, we're going to say no to. They they're getting labelled as anti-vaxxers as sure, well. Sure, sure. But it's, I don't think, feel like they're <coughs> against vaccines. No, they're just against this particular, with, with, you know, it's always that thing, isn't it? Is, and again, like when we were talking yeah, about- Yeah, mRNA. Like, mRNA. Not NRMA. <laughs> you made the wrong phone call, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Truck term. That's not what I was after. I was after a Fucking auto dial. Um, but, you know, this is, again, going back to the Biden-Trump thing, you know, and-, and it's how much, and that's why I, I disclaim with, with politics, particularly of being relatively a lame some level of insight, because by the time you're 49, you know a bit. Mm. But um, but it's how much is based on fact, how much is based on statistics, yeah. how much is based on speculation, how much is based on... There are two things, and I, I'm just as guilty of them as, as anyone. I'm not sidetracking this particular mm-hmm. conversation, but I think it's an important part of human nature that we have... And I do it. We all we all do it. But delusions of grandeur and delu- delusions of persecution. Um, the thing that bothers me 
a lot is when I hear people talking about COVID being used as the sort of the opposite of the opiate of the masses as a way to control the people. Mm-hmm. It was it seemed to be coming up all the time, and they're just doing it to control us. Now, I can't see the logic of the powers that be wanting to have everyone at home and the economy not running properly. It doesn't sound to, to reason if a, if a government effectively is a money-making machine, which a lot of a government seems to be mm. these days. Yeah. Probably always. Um, yeah. And the same with the, uh, you know, going back to social media and the, the social dilemma about people going, oh, I don't want people to know where I am and be able to keep tabs on me and Big Brother's watching you. As far as I'm concerned, speaking from my own point of view about myself, I'm not that fucking important. I'm a statistic. If it's about controlling me and what I buy and all that sort of stuff, be savvy, make your own decisions, run your own race and stay in your lane. Um, Mm. When it comes to the reality of being forced or mandatory, which is just a nice palatable way of saying you are forced to do something, Mm -hmm. taxes are mandatory, death is mandatory. Yep. Um, It is, again, this thing of, that we are using the term non-binary in a very different area than non-binary as we discuss in, in, in uh, at the moment, you know, um, to do with, with gender and gender fluidity, but in terms of our thinking, that there is always going to be a grey area. And whether we have to choose the lesser of two evils, this is a very, very difficult decision to have to make, and whether or not we go ahead with it or whether or not it should be optional then do you have civil liberties taken away from you? And then there, there are public and private li- uh, private liberties, for example. And I, I don't like the term Karen because a lot of my friends are called Karen and wonderful. But, you know, when you get Karens, I'm, I should be allowed into Bunnings without a mask and all that stuff. Well, actually, Bunnings is technically private property. You know, if I want to let you in, I'll let you in. If I don't, I don't. And, you know, all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean when I say that? Like, it's not, it's not about, fuck off, you can't come in. It's not that. It's about... People have the right to choose who they affiliate with. And if it's, so, for example, if someone refuses to take this vaccine, is it right that they are therefore not allowed to do certain things? I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a strong nudge, provided the vaccine turns out to be less dangerous than it seems to be at the moment, um, has to happen down the track. Mm. You know, just like the polio vaccine, just like the flu vaccine, just like when I was a kid, you got jabbed for tetanus if you cut yourself you know, mm-hmm. badly. I remember having a tetanus jab; it wasn't pleasant. You know, you know I fell off my bike and cut my, my my hand in a back alley near where we lived, and there was oil, and, and they said he needs a jab. And I went, oh, you know, seven years old, and they stick a big needle in your right buttock, and it was, you know, tears, mm. tears in a sweet. Um, but I, you know, it's it's that thing of things, choices being forced on us, or choices that we. Are optional in this case. If mandatory is again a very soft serve term, forced. I don't know where I sit on it. I don't know where I sit. On it. I still don't, and I don't know if I'm ready to, uh, to make an, a, f- a decision two or four. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and then am I being indecisive? Am I, you know, should I go and sit and do my homework on this and go, yes, I agree, or no, I don't. Yes, I should. You've got to be. You've got to think for yourself, and then you've got to think for the greater good. And as you said before, is it do we take the risk of the vaccine having some side effects or do we acknowledge the fact that statistically there is a virus that we are trying to compete with, be some of them flu cases that have then been called COVID, but a lot of them are COVID um, and the symptoms are very different to flu. And, you know. Are they? So, yeah, yeah. Are symptoms they? Aren't, yeah. In terms, of, in terms of the breathing, the respiratory difficulties, they're, they're saying it's very different. 
Yeah, and also in terms of the likelihood of long-term effects, which, again, is this panic-mongering? I don't think so. I don't, as far as I can tell, saying that it, it can have... I believe it might have effects to do with the immune system in general being depleted and also I think the other thing they were saying is even to do with, with um, synaptic difficulties with the brain. I don't know if someone was talking about risks of stroke. So, and every time that I... I can hear the devil's advocate in my own head, you know, angel devil there. Is it right? Is it wrong? You know, mm. you'll then see some interview or you'll hear a nurse or a doctor who's on the front line going, I kid you not, this is real. And it's an accredited source. Mm. And then, you, you know, everyone on Facebook and social media has clearly got a medical degree. <laughs> you know, how many people go, yeah, well, it's this, it's that. Um, it's a hard one. It's a weird thing when something that requires an, a level of expertise and a level of experience and a level of knowledge is public domain because it affects everybody. Yeah. You know, that's where it's it, it, it puts us as a species, you know, it, it's bringing out the best and worst in us. That's you know, true. It really yeah. does. If there's one thing, you can always tell how, you know, the, the, the measure of a person is how they re respond in a time of crisis. Mm. And we've had quite a few of those over the years in this, this world. Um, but this one has been, you know, one that is a totally global one. And not that it would, clearly it's not a figment of our imagination, there is something happening. Mm. But one thing that I have noticed is that have, and it goes again back to the vaccine or not taking the vaccine. Does human nature, does it make us unite or divide when we're in panic? Mm. And for the greater good, we're meant to unite. But as a general note, we tend to. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, it, I don't uh, know if I veered off topic here in terms of the vaccine itself. It's just watching, you know, from a kind of no, an anthropological point of view, what happens. Yeah, it, it sound, I think I think it, it's a sediment of a lot of uh, of people in general. It's that mm. when it becomes mandatory, and then when you start seeing like that's why that's why for a, this this entire thing, I haven't taken the buzzwords mm. and I haven't taken like the maybe also it, it might be a Trump situation too is like so much of fake news and then so much like actually looking into things that the news say like mm. the girl in Queensland I don't know if you saw she Jade she um mm. it, she was across the news that's right. Filming a police officer mm, mm. and what the news depicted versus the real entirety of the video mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the girl itself, mm. it's completely, completely yeah, fabricated. Yeah, a hundred percent. Taking what? Yeah, yeah, and the then, editing. Yeah, so then, so then, when you when I'm looking at all of that, and then I'm looking at like stats, and I'm looking at like the risk between even getting COVID versus mm. the vaccine mm. is is like the vaccine is more likely to cause more damage to you than COVID. Looking at all of those, <laughs> I haven't been quick to say laugh at anti-vaxxers. I haven't been mm -hmm. quick to laugh at conspiracy theorists. No, I haven't no. qu been quick to, because when it, it's, when it, when the push comes to shove and we're getting to that stage of um, these passports and mm -hmm. it, the vaccine itself being mandatory or mm -hmm. It not being mandatory, but unless you get it, you can't yeah. go on transport. You yeah, can't yeah, go yeah. and dine. You can't that, do that. Can't happen. Like that's gonna have to be, you know, 
going back to the Bunnings thing, I mean, that was during the actual lockdown and, or, you know, when things were start, starting to open up and people were just <coughs> using, using I'm being oppressed. I always think back to, you know, um, the Monty Python thing. I'm being oppressed, you mm. know, that sometimes you're actually not being oppressed. Yeah. Really. You just, we're just asking you to do the same as everyone else, just for now. Mm. But wearing the mask, you know, seatbelts are mandatory. If you think logistically, 99.9%, you didn't need to wear a seatbelt. You didn't because you didn't have a crash. That's but true. Thank God you wore one in case, you know. That's true. And whether the masks worked or whether they didn't, we'll never fully know. A lot of people said they did. A lot of people said they didn't. People in areas of expertise who said they did. And people who said, no, it's it's a it's a placebo. It's just, yeah. you know, it's making people feel safer. <laughs> but the thing of, yeah, always thinking about the lesser of two evils, using your common sense and, mm. you know, you we won't – go too much into Australian I'm a big politics. proponent of that. But yeah, common sense is wonderful. <laughs> I think the definition of the word common sense, of, you know, yeah. the universal unconscious, using your noggin, thinking for yourself, but also thinking about other people. The other thing, I, which I did kind of love, if that's the right word during a, when such a terrible thing's going on, but that I did love in terms of what it brings out in human nature is when people said, you know, you're not wearing the mask so you don't catch it. You're wearing the mask in case you've got it so someone else doesn't. Mm. And that's this a lot about the way people think. It's that thing of everyone for themselves and then seeing people actually thinking about the greater good. Mm. And the other thing is as well that, you know, sometimes I wonder if we're so busy at the moment talking about communities rather than thinking about society. So we're by definition segregating ourselves by saying, I'm part of this, I'm part of that, I'm not part of that, and you're not part of this. And everyone's itemizing themselves rather than a general feeling of, of integration, which humans can do, but we find good at, we find difficult at the best of times. Now, even something like vaxxers and anti-vaxxers, why there has to be a heated um, a, a, a discussion that isn't done. We were just talking about outside, you know, about how different wars are settled and how Chinese checkers, you know, sitting and playing a board game and that's how the decision, decision's made. Mm. We have got the capacity to have a mindful debate about things rather than a judgmental one. Mm. rather than say, uh, you know, if there was a fire right now, rather than go, oh, my God, there's a fire. What are we going to do? It's your fault. It's your fault. And actually going, oh, well, there's a fire extinguisher. You just come and put it on. Problem solved. So it's about going at things with like this with a level head. Um, so without skirting around whether or not vaccines are going to work or whether they're not going to work, it's mindfully trying to work it out as a collective and if we have to bide our time, sure, you know, but if, if mandatory vaccines are being forced on us, then there has to be a discussion about whether you can't go here or there because you're not vaccinated because that starts to go into a whole area that we all know is poisonous. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Mm. All right, we should uh, – oh, this is, this is the data, by the way. So flu deaths uh, from the ABC, as you can see, by July it was around – can you just scroll on that – Top little line over there, and it should show. Now the top one at the top, right to the right, to the right, all the way. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, flu deaths over two hundred thousand mm -hmm. uh, flu deaths in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. As you can see from March, there's no flus anymore. Sure. 
Interesting. Mm. Um, all right, let's get into <laughs> digital street. <laughs> we'll put that. We'll leave that one there. <laughs> all right. You never know where to turn these days. You never know what's right and wrong. That's why everyone's so confused. You yeah, know. it's it's tough. And it is tough. what what you said just before. Who's lying to you? Who's telling the truth? What you said um, about civil discourse. What is hurting at the moment, and I've now felt it. Is I had someone on that is an anti-vaxxer. Mm. And it's not like he sat here talking to the camera and giving statistics and talking. He's an anti-vaxxer, but he's also um, real, like, deep Christian. Mm. And um, so the the majority of the podcast was Christianity and God in 2021. Mm. That was with Drake Photography. And <coughs> little bits of it was regarding COVID. Mm. And I was questioning him. So we're having a conversation and um, yeah, it got taken down. It's the first time I've personally been censored off YouTube completely. And it it was just us sitting, (coughs) having a discussion discussion, and I didn't agree with him on heaps of things. Like (coughs) I let him speak and then I questioned it. How you get to that understanding is, is what I care about Mm -hmm. mostly out of everything. And so civil discourse is starting civil to get um, censored. So, yeah, we're in, we're in weird times, man. We are in weird times. And weird also, times. <coughs> excuse me. This is You're right. Damn COVID. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's also that thing of, of who's telling who how to run their lives. So without speculating with this person what type of Christian <coughs> Christianity it is or what beliefs. Yep. If they are, for, for example, anti-abortion. Then you, but you're anti-vaccine, so you think it's right to tell someone else what they can or can't put in, or how they, what they do with their body. But then you're against someone telling you what you can do with your body. Do you know what I mean? So there's yeah. always going to be. Life is too complex and too much of a mural for us to make hard and fast decisions, but yeah. we unfortunately have to on certain occasions, and mm. this is one of them. It's true. All right, let's get into everyone's favorite segment Digital Streets. Three, two, one. What do I do here? Uh, nah, there will be so oh, there will be the intro there, and then and then what happens is Neil will pull up the article. Yep. Uh, we'll read it, and then we'll give a yay or a yikes if we agree or we sure. disagree with it. All right. Should we go for a light yeah. harder one real quick? Yeah. We'll, what do we yeah. got first, we'll, bro? We'll, we'll go we've with some. We've we'll, done enough um, COVID. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll go with something a bit lighthearted. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> so yay or yikes? Yeah. We can do it at the same time. No, no, no. We'll give our opinion on it um, and our take on it. Twerking dancers at Sydney launch of HMAS supply described as completely inappropriate. I saw this video yesterday. This video? What's this about? I haven't seen this. Do you want to see this video? Yeah. Real quick? Yep. What is it? Oh, shit. It's exactly what it says. It's just people twerking? Well, uh, we'll see, but it's a, yeah. I don't know which dance company it was, but um, (laughs) choreography is shocking. You might need to just reload the whole page. Oh, oh, okay, okay, sorry. Uh, Not the actual steps or the the type of dance, but it's just they're out of sync. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to say out of sync, near a naval base. 
Sorry, yeah, we'll folks. Uh, wait till this goes. This yeah. Goes away. But um, so they twer- just yeah. run me run me through what it is. So basically, uh, during um, the launch of HMAS, uh, they did a little performance and they had this. <laughs> <laughs> So this is it. <laughs> what the fuck am I watching? I know. What is this? <laughs> You're right. She's full out of sync. Totally out of sync. Yeah. That's my main problem with it. It's just, they just needed another day of rehearsal. Or two. Or two. <laughs> So there was a. Do you uh, get the feeling they got the wrong booking? Like they were like, "Is this number twenty-eight? What? <laughs> the wrong party? Was it, was it down like, at the naval base in Woolloomooloo? They get made to do a comedy set at a funeral. Like, yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> I'm here Tuesdays and Thursdays. Oh, this is a funeral. No wonder I'm bombing. <laughs> two billion two billion, uh, two billion dollar uh, naval ship in Sydney in the weekend. So basically now. Yeah, so is it inappropriate? I get the feeling like whoever was responsible for booking that was like get, knew they were getting fired in a day or two. <laughs> they just went right, fucking Simon's going to do it. Let's book that. Let's book those people. Yeah. What? So is this like a Navy situation? Yeah, so basically, this, yeah, well, it's supposed to be a Navy situation. They made it a community situation now. So they're like, oh, it's part of the community. Uh, and they're trying to. Uh, Bridge the gap a little bit, whatever, you know, so. Um, Trying to bridge the gap. Yeah. See, this is. So, so, so hang on, unpack that, as the Americans like to say. What do you mean bridge the gap? So I think maybe because they thought that the if the dancers came on, they'll, yeah. they'll show a bit of pop to yeah, the sure. whole. So all the naval, old, uh, with all due respect, all the old fogies sitting in the, yeah. in the audience would, would go, okay, this is cool and yeah, right. Sure. So this was a huge thing the uh, last few days about um, them coming on. So, and some people probably would think it's awesome. Yeah, some people a think. Lot of people some people think, oh, you know, they good, good on, uh, good yeah. on uh, finally, you know, uh, connecting with the community, whatever, mm. you know. But uh, some people think it's very, very offensive. Some people think, think it's, oh, it's okay. Sponsored what we, what by we, Viagra. What do we mean when we say connecting with the community? With a dance troupe from a particular um, one hundred one, uh, go down. It said one hundred one. Um, 101 what? Go down, 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 down. So uh, down a little more. There it goes. So local Sydney dance troupe oh, sweet, 101 Doll Squadron was invited to sure. perform. 101 what Doll Squadron. Squadron. <laughs> well, it's like amazing, <laughs> amazing dance troupe from, um, from New Zealand who Bieber... <laughs> Justin Bieber got him to dance for... Oh, yeah. Uh, um, for Sorry. Yes. And they were awesome. Yeah, and it was kind of cool because it was this... The Jubuckies. Jubawakis. Yeah. Something sure. like that. But They're the, a dance crew. Dance crew who danced on Sorry. and um, Yeah, and that's yeah, what's that missing. Kind of, yeah, was some kind of, males. Yeah, that would help. No, but this was... <laughs> yeah, some, but yeah. Um, I'm sick of seeing not get a chance in the arts um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah you know no, no it was actually an all-female troupe but it was on sorry you know justin bieber met them in new zealand he was like, these guys are amazing and yeah that was cool because it was mm. like a, a local troupe from auckland who just were in this big music video yeah i get what they're going for with this and mm. i think you know it's kinda, what it's are they going cool. for well i guess it's like you know let's not do the the usual old fogey thing and mm. have a you know 
Mm. I don't know what they. I haven't seen mm. other examples, but mm. let's be but progressive. It, yeah, let's yeah. be progressive. That's it. I, I have, maybe, I, and, and this is the thing, isn't mm. it? It's about reading the room. But mm. is the room you're reading necessarily a good room? Mm. You yeah. know that if this, if there's people responding to this in terms of, oh, it's offensive. The only mm. thing I literally I find offensive, not offensive, but. I just reckon they needed one more day of rehearsal because it's just a little bit out. The, but the, um, yeah. the big, the big thing. The reason I also picked this was also because I have people in the military, I have friends who are in the military, right? And they're saying there's a lot of change happening in the military mm. now. This might have been just a bit of a hiccup or whatever it was, but they're trying to. Do you think that is it okay for the military and defence force Australia to do what we do as civilians, like, like? Uh, seep into our culture or they should have their own culture and we should not know about it? One of the best examples I've seen of this is there's a, if you guys haven't seen this, it's incredible. Robin Williams is doing a live gig for um, a bunch of, like thousands of uh, troops. Stand up, yeah? Yeah, stand yeah, up. Sorry. And oh, yeah. suddenly they get the retreat, the, mm. the bugle, and the whole, and thousands of people, all these military personnel just turn around away from him and all stand to attention and listen to the bugle and then turn back to him after about a minute. Mm. He's just like, wow, that's never <laughs> happened to me before. That, that's the first, you know, <laughs> in the middle of a set. And then yeah. suddenly just mm. shh, everyone's like, fuck you. And they're off there. Um, but are you talking about like military culture versus civilian culture in terms of yeah. is, is this kind of thing, a, 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 I fucking hate that word sometimes with this sort of stuff, but is it appropriate yeah, to be happening in a and the whole a, and, and, and also formal mm. because there's also a chat about political correctness as well mm. as well and because I, I had a chat with a friend of mine and and a lot of the stuff that we talk about as civilians here how we can change and be progressive or whatever mm. how much of that should go into military because these people what, that what are we talking about oh. Do you mean in terms of who is allowed to be in the military, or I don't think so. No, <coughs> I don't. I don't think so. Big. So you're talking about um bringing uh culture, like mm. the, yeah, bringing them together. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I don't think I don't think people are upset about twerking. Like military shows has been ping pong shows in the past. Like they've had some horrific shit that they've watched. Sure. Really? I think yeah. it's like literally just because it's bad choreographed. <laughs> I think it's just like people see that shit and they're like, you're moving that bad that it's garnered that much attention. <laughs> like that's what Man, it really is. you me on a dance floor. I would be viral <laughs> by now. Millions of people. That guy's got two left feet. Um, it, it were, it, I tell you what, it's a strange probably setup, better though. than that. <laughs> it's a strange setup though. Whoever directed it and whoever th was sort of putting together the event, it's like reading the room like we're literally with defense ships behind us and a bunch of, yeah, I mean, I don't know if the camera zeroed in on on the oldest couple of people in the audience, but it's like, it's a bit like, yeah. And I think if it was a physical room, it might have worked better than yeah. outside, yeah. in next to the ship, like doing these yeah. little shitty dances. Yeah, that's a yikes from me. Sure. Yikes! So yay. Stop. Yay! Yay on principle. Yikes on execution. Uh, that just once. Yeah. That's my one principle versus execute. Yeah. I like Day it. on principle, yikes and execute. I like it. All right. What else we you got, bro? I don't see the banner for Hamilton just above it. They should have <laughs> got the cast of Hamilton. No, I'm serious. They should have got the cast of Hamilton to do maybe a couple of the numbers from the show. Yeah. That would have been cool. Why not? A hundred percent. I agree. Next one. On this one. 
Okay, so streaming giant quietly erases Joe Rogan after a hundred million backflip. Oh, I, go down. Spotify. Spotify. So the streaming music giant has been quietly removing episodes of the Joe Rogan Experience podcast from their platform, including as many as 42 interviews featuring a variety <laughs> of controversial characters, including former Brett Barr news editor Milo Yiannopoulos, mm-hmm. Proud Boys founder Gavin McInnes, and comedian Chris D'Elia, who was accused of grooming underage girls and soliciting pornographic images, which we talked about uh, in the podcast when it was happening. We dedicated a whole show to that comedian. Um, so Spotify has now started to remove the episodes <laughs> and the news comes less than a year's following an exclusive deal between Spotify and Joe Rogan Experience, making the streaming services the sole source of Rogan's content after years of de- developing an audience of more than 8.4 million on YouTube. So you're familiar with Joe Rogan and his move to Spotify? I wasn't familiar with the move to Spotify, but I'm very familiar with Joe Rogan. Yeah, so not too long ago, he signed a licensing deal with sure. Spotify, and um, which to hold his uh, podcast exclusively sure. Sure. on. So they made an entire video platform for him, mm-hmm. and um, so he's exclusively there. It's and good to know someone's making money out of Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not many of my musician mates. No, <laughs> no. no. That's a whole other... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've yeah. discussed that extensively as well. <coughs> that's a mess. Wow, that's it. That um, but yeah, so... <coughs> This removing episodes, old episodes sure. from the platform sure. after signing the licensing deal. What what are your thoughts on that? Um, action versus opinion. So if someone's actions are as deplorable as the latter that we mentioned earlier, possibly that, well, definitely there's a case for not having that interview online anymore. Um if it's someone's right to an opinion, so for example, depending on how we feel about Milo Giannopoulos, I don't have, I'm not necessarily for or against, I've listened to him before and I think he's quite an interesting person, deliberately divisive. Yeah. And he said mm-hmm. some pretty horrendous things and he said some very astute things like many people who are in the public eye. Um, yeah, I was blocked off his chat too. Oh, that really? motherfucker. Oh, so he blocked you. He's blocked me. Well, if he's blocked him, you, let's himself. block him then. Yeah, him himself, that motherfucker, um, or his admins, or whatever. His admins. I don't know. I reckon, though, with action versus opinion, so there's a great story about, um, there was a director called Elia Kazan who made um, On the Waterfront and, you know, uh, Streetcar Named Desire. Mm-hmm. And then the wonderful actor called Zero Mostel, if anyone remembers, he was the guy, original Max Bialystok in the producers. Mm. And during the McCarthy hearings, uh, Elia Kazan talked. He, uh, he spoke to the McCarthy the Senate for Un-American Activities, apparently. And mm. uh, there's a story that Zero Mostel went to dinner with him and Zero Mostel was very much against what happened, as a lot of people in the performing arts were, all these people being accused of being communist. Mm. And Zero Mostel sat with uh, with Ilya Kazan, and they talked. And then Ilya Kazan, apparently, this might be a you know paraphrased version of the story, but apparently Ilya Kazan passed the menu to him. And, he, and Zero Mostel looked at him and he said, I will sit and I will talk with you, but I will not break bread with you. And I always think about, what? yeah, so I won't, I'm not going to eat with you. Mm. I'll sit and talk to you. So we're not having a meal together, but we'll chat. Yeah. And I have to wonder with this, the, the right to free speech, some things are going to offend people. Yes. Stephen Fry talks a lot about this. I know you're offended. I don't fucking care. Ricky Gervais talks about it. a lot of people yep. about the right to be mm. able to speak and it's going to offend some people. And just because you're offended doesn't mean, you know, life's hard, get a helmet. 
You know, <laughs> how about zip a concrete and hard <laughs> all that stuff. Mm. But you know that you're going to hear opinions that you don't agree with. Now, if someone like Milo Giannopoulos, if you're censoring him, if that's what they're doing, and it's based on not his actions but his opinions, is that right? Is that yeah, what yeah. Is? Sorry, no. So mm. it's a it's a yay. I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of this really well. <laughs> sneak him away <laughs> like the other one, you know, <laughs> execution. <laughs> um, but it's a, a yikes on on censoring censorship yeah like that who's the other one jordan peterson jordan, you know yeah, don't jordan agree peterson. with everything he says but they're for every 10 things he says that are you know deliberately or are inflammatory and some people find offensive there are also there's nuggets of very great mm. truth in there mm-hmm. unlike all of trump's tweets but um <laughs> but you know so yeah be yikes to 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 the censoring of Giannopoulos and yay to anyone who's done some horrendous things in the past and has been given a platform that they don't really deserve or, or necessarily need mm. um, to survive, I think there's, there's a yay to that. So you, are, you agree with censorship to an extent? <laughs> Do you want somebody who is, you know, and it's proven with Delaya, is that right? Who? Is it Chris Delaya? Chris Delia. Delia, yep. yeah, Chris Delia, sorry. Hasn't been proved. Hasn't been proved yet. Right. So no, he was. To be continued. Yeah. So he's um he's only now been sued. So mm-hmm. he the the whole other thing was all speculations of three three underage girls that apparently were at his show and then they emailed back and forth and then he released the emails that right. which showed he never met up with those girls, mm-hmm. but and then but now he's he's. One of the girls is suing him, so mm. we're, he's going through the court case right now. If if what is what is she suing him for? Um, it's not even grooming. She's suing him. I think yeah. Pull pull up uh, the lawsuit itself. Um, I don't know if she because he was he was he's thirty eight, mm. and I think she was seventeen. Mm. And he was. Um, he's trying to be hit with, hit with uh, childhood, uh, child porn and exploitation. Yeah. Lawsuit. Yeah. Child porn. Yeah. yeah. Um, is it, he, wait, yeah. is it child porn or is it like the actual Crystal faces child porn lawsuit from woman who says he had sex with her at 17? Yeah. So apparently he had sex with her at 17. Mm. So they're going through the cases uh, at the minute. So sure, sure. I don't know what the hell is, is the... I did a whole video on this thing exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can watch that and get my thoughts. Yeah, um, sure. So yeah, so you're, you agree with censorship to an extent. <laughs> like when there's, when there's someone that's um, mm. murdered someone, yeah. you, they shouldn't be able to speak well, on anything. However, well, if it's not, just well, an opinion, well, then it's okay. Anything, but if it's, you know, if it's, <sighs> this is again, when someone's done something, as serious as it is, you have to start looking at what remaining civil liberties a human being has and is entitled to. But if it comes to having a platform to access millions and speak your mind, and if it's under the banner of a company that they don't wish to be associated with you, that's absolutely fine. Of course, I can't see anything wrong with that. Mm. You know. So yes, I do. I do think if it's you know you know if this is the thing about cancel culture, and this is what this is. It's cancel culture. There are degrees of cancel culture. I think, again, nothing is polar opposite. There's a grey area in between. Mm. There are people that are getting cancelled, things that are getting cancelled at the moment that, as far as I'm concerned, do not need to be cancelled because there are other things we can learn from 
or they are not that deep an infringement. They are just mildly offensive to a few people or, or have been offensive. I want to be careful about what I say, mm. not not um, not just as self-protective thing, but just because yeah. I don't want to offend other people in yeah. terms of where I'm seeing it from and from my position of you know where who I am and where I come from. Yeah. But for example, okay, here goes with um. Oh man, and maybe it's my my. I've just had a complete brain fart. What's his name? Who was going to host the Oscars? He's brilliant stand-up comic. Um, uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Now, when he made the jokes that he made, yeah. was he trying to make them as a divisive comic, which is what a lot of great comedy is about, is deliberately prodding and causing offence to hold up a mirror to nature. So he was making a, a remark about homophobia by using himself as an example. Yeah. And other people saw it for something that it wasn't endeavouring to be. That deep down, yeah. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And that's up to speculation and you have to ask the person themselves did they need therefore to strip away from him this and that and so on rather than to have a conversation about it so as far as i'm concerned evolution is about conversation learning from our mistakes yeah you know darwin wasn't the first person to learn this we've known this since time immemorial but i think you know we learn from our mistakes rather than if someone makes a mistake that isn't a deliberately malicious act of evil that might have been an attempt to be uh inflammatory or to provoke for the sake of argument and to you know to use oneself as an example as i'm saying with kevin Hart. Mm. do you send them to the other end of the forest and say go over there and you're not allowed to hang out with us for the rest of time you yeah. go and die in a corner somewhere mm. or do you start going okay have you learned from the mistake are you willing to be an example are you willing to, to speak on the behalf of your prior errors and so on and so forth so there has to be room in de dependent on the circumstances for someone to be allowed to evolve and to do you know what i mean yeah thing mm. of, this is how we look this is how we learn this is how we grow this is how every species on the planet evolves and becomes a better version of their former incarnation and i think what we're doing at the moment is we do in certain areas and this has got nothing to do with you know crimes of any sort of sexual nature or a murder or something yeah. of that severity yep. but if someone has spoken out of line or said something that's offended a certain group of people if they are stood corrected, take take um, the initiative and take the onus and take responsibility for their actions, but I'm getting very serious here, but I think mm. it is important, mm. um, then there should be some room to regroup and yeah. move on. Yeah. That's what evolution is yeah. by default. Whereas at the moment we seem so, so, and again, defining ourselves in opposition to everything. So Milo Giannopoulos has said things that offend people, stick him over there, can't be involved with us. That said, something like Spotify, for all its many faults, has the right has the right to say sorry. If we don't want that person associated with our particular brand, mm. so I, they haven't That's completely true. they haven't taken everything Joe Rogan's done right. Or they haven't severed the contract. They've just said we're not putting this, this, and this up. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So they've just taken down uh, the forty-two interviews. So forty-two <laughs> people. A lot of interviews. That's a lot. I mean, how many has he done? Like, are we talking so half of his body of work? One thousand five hundred oh, and something. Sure. So it's not. So it's forty-two specific. Because mm. uh, again, the, the, again, it's the typical thing, and we're talking about how media spin things. That article screams out to you: Joe Rogan's been pulled from spot from Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. You know. That's Joe Rogan on the phone. That's Joe. It was only 42. It was only 42. Well, man. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah. F- yeah. So it's a. He, he Why are we doing Christopher Walken as Joe Rogan? I don't know. <laughs> I'm Joe Rogan. Welcome to my show. So for me, yeah. So yeah, for me, it's a yikes, man. Mm. Um, I'll give a yikes to yeah. this one. I think that I, I, I'm, I'm, I was completely against censorship, but. After hearing that, I understand some areas where it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. I don't, however, I don't think those forty-two people that have been taken down actually is like you know murderers or have actually committed no. things. I think they just have certain opinions on things, and it mm-hmm. might go against a certain agenda. Mm-hmm. But I can also understand and <laughs> sympathise with the notion that if Spotify doesn't want that mm-hmm. as part of their brand, they have depends on their contract. Mm. but they also have the right to take him down. Joe Rogan, I feel like he is a very, 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 very smart person. Mm. So $100 million, it's a two-year um, licensing <laughs> deal. Mm. It's not an ownership deal. Mm. So after the two years, he gets his $100 million, goes gets his into his, gets all his material it, yeah. back and he puts it all back online. I think he'll live and so will the 42 people. I think so as well. So, so I'll give this a, a yikes, um, but yeah, there's some yay in there. There's yikes with a yay. There's, uh, yeah. You can tell you're sitting next to a Jewish guy. We're terrible at making decisions. <laughs> like, do you want this? Do you want that? So I mean, it's rubbing off on him now. Yeah, I, I took some of that yay. <coughs> Actually, I'll go complete yikes on these 42, but I'll, I understand censorship a little better. <coughs> I understand where it can be applied, mm. but... It's a, it's like a for me it's like a one percent situation. It's not very often that censorship should be implemented, and definitely not at the stage and level that we're doing it right now. Okay, what else we got, bro? Um, gonna keep the entertainment still. Um, so I got this one coming in now. Coming in hot. Uh, coming in hot. Yes. Did you hear about this? No. Yeah, what's yeah. this? <coughs> Heard a lot about this. Yeah. Okay. So do you know who that is? Hank Azari. Apu? No, not Hank Azari. It's, um, Azari. Yeah, Hank Azari. Azari, okay. Apu. So he's Apu from Simpsons. So yeah. he came out and he wanted to apologize the Indian community for playing an Indian what, character. Apu came out and said that? <laughs> no, Hank. <laughs> no, he came out to, he wanted to apologize for his insensitivity uh, to the Indian community and the country. Can I ask a question before I say anything about this? I'd like to ask my friend over here in the room how you feel about it. Um, um. <laughs> and it's pretty obvious why I'm asking you that. Yeah. Um, I. Were you offended by a poo at growing up? Me? Yeah. Um, you know what? I wasn't offended by a poo growing up, but I was offended by people thinking that we were all like a poo. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I get you. I get that. Get yeah. So I was now like, oh, a poo is white. <laughs> but I was like, of course, growing up, people think, oh, people think that you're like a poo. And there's a stereotype of poo. Like Indian people only working, um, brown people only work at, at 7-Elevens, you know? It was a yeah. warm and affectionate cultural stereotype, yeah. which is what The Simpsons comprised entirely yeah. of. Every mm. single character mm. in The yeah. Simpsons yeah, 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 was yeah. a warm affectionate yeah. cultural stereotype. Yeah, 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 And some people are arguing at the moment, hang on a second, we're saying that it was derogatory to call someone who's a business owner. Know, yeah. And when you look at Homer, there's this layabout, work, you know, um, so there's that argument and then there's the flip side of the coin, which is, of course, it is. It's, it is it, 
propagating a cultural stereotype, but mm. someone who grew up in London mm. and who a lot of my closest friends grow and grow and what a it's like one of those cliches. A lot of my closest friends, I'm not this, but but a lot of my closest friends were Indian or mm. Pakistani mm. growing up mm. in in the part of London I grew up in. And yes, a lot of my mates, their parents either had mm -hmm. run or worked mm -hmm. in either a shop or a family shop or so on, and a lot of them didn't. So what we have to work out, again, it's this grey area. Are, it was The Simpsons saying that every... The problem was it was the only... As well, it's the only one major Indian character in the mm. series, right? Mm. So it by default is saying that all the Indian mm. characters in the series happen to be working in this line of yeah. work. So it does propagate a cultural stereotype. But I don't think it was yeah. done with any malice. Neither, neither, neither do I, and that's the thing. But but I'm but I understand that not everyone does understand that, and I understand that, that it's not from. This, okay, this is how I see it. It's like with everything else. If so, if, if you're sitting sitting around friends, whatever, and uh, we have we just you know, paint each other out, whatever, you know. I know it's not from malice. We just 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 playing around. Mm. I know when someone's calling me curry much to hurt me. You know what I'm saying I know when it, someone's just calling me a car just to yeah. whatever. Yeah. I know that we know how it feels. Yep. I didn't feel when I was watching Simpsons that these guys are doing it just to make us feel horrible. Mm. Um, and I don't think they were, they're trying to make us feel horrible. I mean, they had a, they had a Scottish character as well. They even had Bones Keeper Willie. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, but I wonder if Scottish people were offended, offended about that. Yeah, but it like, was he Scottish? Is he Scottish? The actor, the speaker? No, he wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it was. No. Um, I think it was Dan Castellaneta played that. was from memory, but um, yeah. Is accents racist? This is a big area. This is something that comes up. We were talking about this recently. It's a big area. Yeah. Should I be able to play a Russian accent? Yeah. Same skin tone, but should yep. I play be able to play a Russian? Thing that comes up for me in class a mm. lot in terms of the classes I run, not class system, but in class mm -hmm. is um. When people say to me, for example, should I neutralize my accent to sound more Australian? And in the last month mm. alone, I have had, and we've got a wonderful, wonderful collective of actors that work together that are from all sorts of wonderful parts of the world and parts of Australia and cultural backgrounds mm. and so on. I've had a Russian person, Italian person, Kenyan person, and a French person all ask me, should I neutralize my accent to sound more Australian. And in a completely unglib and non-utopian attempt to dispel this rumor, to me, an Australian accent is your accent. Mm -hmm. If anything, an Australian accent is an indigenous accent. Mm. So Australian accent is your accent. You're Kenyan, you're Australian accent. Because you live here, you're an mm. Australian. Mm. Unless if you're going for a series and you're playing the son of two or daughter of two, you know, in the between of two people who... I speak and like this, here you go, and it's going to make no mm. sense story-wise. But mm. I fail to see why. And this is another thing, you know, it's it's like London is very much sure, certainly London, most of Britain is a, a little bit ahead of the pack in terms of when I used to go in for castings, I went back to London about six years ago, and at the bottom of it, they would always say, of no particular ethnic origin. And when you turn on a, a British TV program, it's a general rule. You would be hard-pressed to find a doctor, lawyer, barrister mm. who is middle-aged white male mm. and that's actually because it reflects the culture that we live in it's not okay. trying to necessarily hit the head point over the head with a hammer mm -hmm. but there is very little whitewashing mm. as far as i noticed when i was over there again looking through my particular goggles um but when it comes to this sort of area i also and 
you get scared to say things about this sort of stuff because you're worried, you know, that it's going to offend someone. But mm. when it comes to things like cultural appropriation, mm. Mm. I get very confused about where it is blending together and borrowing the best of each yeah. other's cultures and heritage. You know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about before about going around the world. Yeah. You know, that it, if, it, you know, am I mimicking you? Am I mocking you? Or the old saying is mimicry is the height of flattery. Yeah. That, you know, he did, we were talking about Bill Burr before, mm. and he's, you know, mm. when he talks mm. to his wife about the Elvis thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's a funny one. Can I just say this? Can yeah. I say this? Right? Sorry, one more thing. Yeah, just, yeah, I yeah. would have preferred an Indian actor to have played Apu, of course. Yeah. yeah. That okay. would have been a better choice. It yeah. just didn't happen. Can I just say That's this? True. Can yep. I say this, right? Uh, um, that in terms of appropriation and using other people's cultures, whatnot, um, I don't care if you're mimicking or if you're whatever you're doing, but you should know it. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't, people who tipped. Just before we started the podcast, I told you about a certain mm. thing that I was involved in a, a TV show, mm. and I'll and the three people who wrote it, mm. right? Um, I was upset at that because they were writing about culture which they had not looked into, mm. and when we did a few scenes you know, off for that show, mm. you know what they called it? They go, oh, it's a, it's a fusion culture. Mm. No, this person is from South of India. Mm-hmm. They they celebrate Hinduism mm. differently from North India. Absolutely, and you haven't looked into it. And if they're I, writing I, I, that, if they're writing that, first of all, was there an advisor in, or advisory capacity? Someone from we had a. You would that person know the difference between Gujarati or Urdu? Of course, they would. So of course, and, well, no, but the people I, who wrote it would. They? No, but they need to look into it. I'm not yeah, sure. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure if they had an advisor, on, but it, it it to me it looked like they didn't have anyone on, mm. and um. And also saying about even comedians like Russell Peters, for example, he's known for using different cultures. Like he'll pay out Arabs, uh, he'll pay out like uh, Chinese, whatever. But he knows the culture. He knows the culture. He knows the culture. He's not just like this goes back to the you know it's a, not it's a not similar but slightly not dissimilar but slightly similar story in a way. But the whole thing with Hey Hey and Kamal, yeah, yeah. What they were doing was fucked. It was fucked. That, that, was, that, was, that was, fucked. was absolute. That was racism. That was racism. In no uncertain terms. Yeah. Turning up to a party in blackface. Fucking leave the party, you mm. idiots. You're mm. wrong. Mm. But if I have to play someone who's from France, and I also feel, you know, it's to, you've got to think in terms of what opportunities are available to people in an industry. So if there is a part for someone that is with a disability, that person should have, should be cast who, who has lived with that experience because it is an opportunity for them, A, to tell the story more clearly, but B, because it's a part they can play and they mm. might not be able to play certain other parts. You know, there's that, that territory. But mm. with this, as far as I'm concerned, it would be a, a, a yay in terms of that, mm. that what they were endeavouring to do in that series is, is healthy. Mm. Mm. But it would be a, a yikes in terms of they should have yeah. sourced an actor mm. that could have played that part. They had the budget to have more people in the cast. You know, could you scroll down to his apology? Can I sure. just read what he said? Um, just because is it there? So, okay, Azaria, a white American, made the comments on the Armchair Expert podcast where he said the initially had a blind spot to culture issues surrounding a poo. So he says, participating in racism as in structural racism in this country is about blind spots, he said. 
I really didn't know any better. I didn't think about it. And there were very good intentions on all our parts. And we tried to do a funny, thoughtful character. Just because there were good intentions doesn't mean there weren't real negative consequences for the thing that I am accountable for. I, I, I got I to gotta say this as well. Like, I think that as, as actors, whatever, uh, as actors, as actors. Are you supposed to act? But that's the thing. That's as Bill Burst. It's called acting. It's called acting. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, acting. Yeah. but I think as as, 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 as. Maybe Simpsons should be doing the apology, not Yeah, him. I think so. Sure. As sure. writers, I feel like writers, it's like, it's like a pen. Yeah. You know, a pen, right? Mm. Writers are the actual pen. They need to do the information, they need mm. to do the research. The ink, I feel, are, are the actors. We should be able to play anything who we want to be. Like if you if you give me a character, I will do my research on that character. Say for example, Hank was was a racist. Let's say he. Mm. Let's say for example, he was, and he was trying to do harm. I tell you right now, through research, you'd know. You'd know. Yeah. You'd, you'd know. You'd yeah. know. And he isn't. And he's. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did you know Apu wasn't Indian? Did I know he wasn't Indian? Yeah. So you've only found out uh, after uh, this. No, no, no. I, I knew it ages ago. I knew that. I knew this ages ago. Ah, uh, true. Ages ago, yeah. Yeah, fair. But I didn't know he made this apology. <coughs> I was uh, confusing. Okay. I thought you meant no. Apu is an Indian cat, but you meant no, no, no. There's an interesting one about this as well. You remember? The, you remember uh, Ben Kingsley played Gandhi. Gandhi, yeah. And then people well, took him to task, and he actually had to turn around and go, "My mother is Indian. Oh, I have his Indian." Mother's Indian. Indian. Yeah. And, and you he, know, and thing is, like, and all the people who pointed the finger were—it's—it's like, it's the other thing. It's people being offended on other people's oh. behalf. That's why I mm. wanted to ask you first of all. Yeah, because I want to know how you feel. No, no. yeah, yeah. And we do a true. lot of that. Like, I really do feel like if <coughs> an actor, an actor does their work, mm. and if you do the work, you can doesn't doesn't matter what the fucking writer wrote. The the actor would do the research and it will play uh, truth, mm. right? And <coughs> I think it's upon the writers to make sure their research is done properly. Absolutely. Their research is done properly. Mm. Not tiptoeing through the fucking the culture. Room, doesn't it? Making sure that if you're writing about a certain ethnicity that, yeah. or a cultural background, yeah. that somebody in the room has a lived experience yeah. of it or there's been, you know, bespoken research. I remember doing a play a couple of years or, or doing the, the foundations of a play for some great writer called Lachlan Thorpe. Mm. <coughs> and Lachlan, God, I'm sorry, thank you, man. Um, Lachlan got us. Uh, it was a play about about uh, transgender, mm. and so the actors that were involved. He asked us to go off, and each one wh one of us was to interview somebody who'd who'd agreed to do an interview who was um, <coughs> had gender reassignment, and that's somebody who knows. I'm not going to write a play about this gender until, reassignment. Well, well, to change to okay, change yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. to go yep. from either mm. male to female yep, yep, or female yep, yep, to yep, male. Yep. So not non-binary, but actually changing genders. Mm. And, you know, he had made a very conscious effort. I'm not going to write a play speculatively. It was about a, a historical mm. figure in, mm. in Surrey Hills in Australia. Um, Surrey Hills in Sydney. Yeah. Um, an Australian cultural character. Um, a crime boss that was effectively had, uh, was a, a woman living as a man. And he decided that, uh, rightfully so, that before he even tries to start a write, write a play about this, you've got to speak to people who've got that lived experience. That's someone, as you said, doing their homework. Mm. Starting to either exploit a particular narrative or starting to speculate on it is just ignorance. You know, it really mm. is ignorance. The only other thing I was going to say about this in terms of, you know, 
playing other people. Playing other people. Playing people from different backgrounds. Oh, playing people with yeah. different lived experiences. That there is a common misnomer about actors just, you know, that they, they, they for instance, say a, a, an actor speculates on the state of the world, which I've been sitting here doing for the last hour, but if there's an actor who's a little bit more worldly than I might be at times, but, you know, so Sean Penn got targeted about this. Oh, he's always talking about, you know, politics and stuff. Most actors worth their soul have got some degree of knowledge about the world. They don't just sit there looking at scripts waiting for the phone to ring. You've got to draw on things because you're playing a certain story, a certain character. What I've noticed with much older actors is most of them are pretty seasoned, well-rounded individuals. And the reason is because if you go back to the old saying, if you don't know what it's like to have lived someone else's life unless you walked a mile in their mm. shoes, mm. that not that it's a perk of the job, but that an actor can have the opportunity and a lux, you know, a, a luxurious opportunity in a way, or you know, to to actually learn a bit about what someone else has gone through mm. from an empathetic point of view and to attempt to depict it. And then they're a little bit more knowledgeable about what that person's going through. Yeah. So I think there is some there is some good in being allowed to play people from other backgrounds, but I don't think in terms of a cultural thing, a change in skin tone, things like mm. that. Doesn't need to happen. There's no true. reason. Yeah. That's true. Do you know what will put a spanner in the works on this whole thing? Mm. If um, Simpson comes out and says, well, a, as a character, a poo's like, I was born in America and I'm, I'm an American. What happens then? What? He was born in America. What, <laughs> what do you mean? Like he's still he, brown. <laughs> <laughs> but, but everyone oh, says but that he's, he's oh, Indian. Meaning he won't have the Indian accent. Sure. No, 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 oh, no, no, right. no, no, no. You can still have parents, like, for example, like my... my but Apu wouldn't have as, as thick an Indian accent if he was... <laughs> no, he could. Like, he could. Like, I've, I know people that are born in countries, but because of their parents' thick accent, and they still have their sure, accents. Sure, Like... Yeah, my, like my mum will say she's Australian. I'm like, mum, you you got a mad Brazilian accent. You're born in Brazil. Mm. What do you mean? Do you know what? For years when I first came to Australia, I said I was Australian and everyone told me that I wasn't Australian. I was yeah, I've had India. that. And, I said, and okay, then you fine. go to India then and then they, they say you're Australian. But the, he, no, that no, to me. That's fine. But then here in Australia, they all say, oh, no, but where are you really from? Uh, mate, I'm Australian. Mm. I got an Australian accent. I've been here for fucking you're an Australian 26, mm. 27 years, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, you get that. Yeah. All right. This is a yeah. This is a, yeah. So this is a yikes from me personally. Um, I think yeah. I agree. I think uh, people should be able to play whatever. I know where he's coming from. Um, I think he's getting more of a. Uh, I don't know. To me, he's get, he's looking for something. I think Simpsons themselves, if they've depicted a poo in a mm. way that is uh, insincere, insincere. I think they should be apologizing. I don't think he should be apologizing um, unless his intentions were wrong. So then he but feels again, guilt. But, but again, it wasn't like a, a public address. It was just a, something that he said in an interview. So you know, he didn't actually issue a formal apology. I think he was talking I, in, a, in, a, in a podcast. So he was speaking on his yeah. own behalf. You know? oh, but, but, that's oh, true. Oh, but that has, got, that has to have come from somewhere or like some higher up. High, like I feel like it, I, someone I had to like push. Oh, did you feel like? Yeah, you did I think something? it goes back to what we were talking about before about evolution. That if you learn from your prior mistakes or something that right. you you will no longer do, yep. then it's you know. To me, whoever's good and can play the character, like if he, if you've got a bunch of 
like other Indians to try and play that character and mm. they just weren't as good. And, you know, he did mm. like better for the character. To me, he should be the character. And uh, uh, India guy, the same. If mm. there's a white character and he plays it way better, it's cartoon, man. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's fucking cartoon. Like if an Indian guy can play a king in a cartoon, like a a English king, like the mm. royal family, mm. he should play it I, if he can do that, it better. I don't know if that would happen, but <laughs> no, I'm saying if he can do it better, whether it will happen it or not, one that's one a the, that's a different discussion. One of the best films I've seen in the last couple of years. I just loved it at the cinema. Anyway, there's lots of other stuff that's been on Netflix and so on. Was was the um, David Copperfield? Oh, the Dev Patel play is brilliant. I'm I haven't seen it. What is I'm it? Uh, so it was. It, uh, the, uh, I think it's called the My Life According to David. Favorite film, can't remember the name. Um, My Life According to David Copperfield. So it was um, Dev Patel playing David Copperfield, who is a Caucasian white character in the Dickens novel, mm. and it was a completely multicultural cast. And it made me actually think to myself, God, there have been you know restoration dramas and and period pieces that are just white 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 but have actually been boring because they're not full of the interesting thing of how what a wonderful mural of life we have um and yeah so i think it's it's again it's us trying to put a mm. a either yay or nay on something when there's such a wonderful gray area that we should mm. be playing with it yeah mm. well said is mm. that's i think we'll end it there that's pretty much it yeah. yep all right. Thank you so much for coming on, my brother. Um, let them know where they can find you. And Absolutely. also, you just directed something. Uh, we've got a play reading that we're doing at, uh, at SAA at the moment. So, yeah, just uh, working on that. And uh, also, yeah, I'm just about to start doing a, a se- funny enough, just doing a series of books for, uh, for Audible that I'm reading for. And there's about so 14 different accents. You've got the voice for it, mate. You, mate. But I've only got to do, I've got a Welsh... Irish, Scottish, English, Cockney, and a couple of English regional dialects. So Mm. I'm bound to offend someone. (laughs) And we'll look out for that. All the description is below where you can find Sam. Been a pleasure. See you guys next week. We're out. You have listened to the 5-8 Take, Australia's podcast. Make sure to leave a review. Love you, fuckers.